already know you know who it is it's the highest host adam Mill chilling out right here at dank labs for another amazing episode of the podcast baby of course tickling them ebony's and ivories dude kentron out here just saucing it up dude we live stream this on twitch if you join us for the precess you've seen ken skills you'll probably hear it throughout the show but it's always a privilege to have kentron chilling out here for as long as we've been knowing each other dog it's great to still have this relationship thank you so much for chilling out dude but um look we could talk with ken all day we're here at dank labs shout out to everyone tuning in on this podcast wherever you're listening to it on whatever platform wherever you're at if you in the car or at home or in the trim room or in the weed shop or in the garage with your boys whatever the fuck dude i appreciate y'all thank you guys for pulling up but look you guys see me all the time i talk all the time i got a motherfucking legacy grower in the building he got one two three four five six seven too many jars on the counter dude so many B knows. I know he's loves growing weed. His passion is cannabis, uh, based on little research I did. Not too much. I feel like we could learn a lot. I've seen him at many events, winning awards, uh, at grand openings, at so many uh, festivals, just killing it. Um, his social media is just epic. Talking about the one dude you might have seen his art you might with his uh dude the branding is always amazing too i love the graphics talk about wonder brett dude brett is in the building how you doing man thank you for pulling up and thank you for having me thank oh yeah hold on look look yeah dude yeah. Yeah. i'm sorry ken was that too loud my bad g like it, like it. <laughs> the, the crowd went wild real quick ken oh, my mic is dropping it's all good dude thanks for pulling up dude thanks for being here how you feeling i'm feeling great man uh just Finally done for the day. I can kind of like chill, relax, and just kind of come get high with you. Just ch- yeah, dude. That's what yeah. I like. Which kind of just reminds me of like back in the day when we'd be hanging out at Be Real Studio. What? Yeah, we'd dude. Just be doing that shit. Just be hanging out over there. You know, same shit. That was the Getting High with show. We went back to the roots, calling, going back to the podcast. You know, and um, we just out here still making it happen. And you know, it was always a good time on that set, dude. We had uh, it was like a little party. We would just have people pull up. We would. Talk life and just homies chilling. Yeah, it was, uh, that was just kind of the hangout. That was just the spot. Just go chill and having like just people always pulling up because it was like you're at a place where it's a it's kind of like a weed contest without it really being like stated. yeah everyone yeah everyone tries not, to flex yeah. yeah yeah it's not really like a stated like it's a contest but it's like. There's no doubt that there's competition in the air that everybody's trying to pull up in like the next. Well, you're at like a, a a legend, like you know Cypress Hill. Be real, you know has is is a legend in the space. Uh, he's looked up to a lot. We quote his their lyrics constantly. So when you go to like the Be Real Studio, you're like, yo, I gotta bring the best weed. I gotta bring the best dabs. I gotta bring like the shag and pull up with no fucking whack ass mids, dude. What? I didn't want no one talking shit about me. There's gonna be social media. There's gonna be cameras. Like, mm-hmm. so you know, we're just come flexing and you're like, hell yeah, let's run it. And that's a great environment because all of a sudden there's the new flavors popping up and you know, seeing all the new shit all the time. It's like friendly competition too. It's not yeah. like shit talking. They're like, damn, then let me get that. Let me get those genetics. Cause like, with you, I learned that you are uh, like the legend of 97, dude. 
and you uh out here in 97 basically is when it fully started with you as far as uh gifting getting gifted an amazing og kush mm-hmm. that was when i got the cut it was like 97 early 98 it's like uh it was a transitional period because I just kind of come back from going to college in Humboldt for a few years. I didn't, I didn't graduate there, but I was there for three years. I was having a good time. So you networked yeah, very well in Humboldt. Oh, I was having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the time, like you know, Northern Lights, Skunk, and Trainwreck, and like Calio, Greenweed. Yeah, like those were the Terps that were <laughs> hitting. Yeah, the most, the most sought after, right? And there, a lot of that was coming out of Humboldt. And, and then, like, just on a trip down in L.A., just being at home in the valley, just on the weekend, I met a, just a random dude at the sushi bar, the, this guy Mike, and uh, he's like, dude, he's like, I'm totally out of weed, and he's like, you smell amazing. I just, you know, I just, it's, you know, it's just like some typical cliche shit, you know, like, guys like us, we, we uh, Eating at sushi bars at two in the afternoon instead of being at a normal job. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you reek like that was me yesterday. And yeah. I just finished a blunt in the parking lot before I walked in. Yeah, exactly. You go there, <laughs> Full dude. walked in like, damn, you smell good. I was like, that. <laughs> and that was yeah. it, you know. And that was how it was back in the day. There was no social media. There was no like uh, 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 threads on the internet yeah. or no like websites you could go to. It was just like it was true networking. Like if you knew, you knew. And yeah. I'm surprised we haven't like crossed paths in the valley in the late 1900s, dude. It's like, gone to some house party did. or some fucking. I was always uh, just the quiet one in the corner, you know. For the most part, I was never like me, loud and obnoxious. Yeah, there was a lot of. There's already. There was, <laughs> I'm not trying to compete with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's uh, you know, being a grower, you know, you just don't even want to attract a lot of attention. Yeah, especially know? back then, it was real taboo, and it was still like federally legal, and everyone was still in the closet about it. So there weren't many people that were really open about consumption, especially growing, because that was like you super felon. Get, yeah, you were gonna get robbed, or you yeah. were gonna get raided. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there's people like, you know, that guys like you know, that I know, like Kenji and those guys, like, you know, they were. I'd given they'd had Kush Bubba. But then I'd gotten OG Kush, and then I'd given it to B and them, and they'd gotten the OG from me, and then... So you got it in 97, and then you ended up gifting it to other people. Yeah, I shared it with um, my buddy uh, Matt from Redline Genetics. You know Redline Genetics? Yeah, 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 I'm familiar. Redline Reserve. Um, he's he got, like, his... Red. Yeah, red. He's, he's loud. He's loud yeah, yeah. For, for everybody. So, <laughs> you know, when I met him, yeah... And he's Red's like a stock dude. He's just like he's he's always been uh, (laughs) he's always been that guy. When I met him, you know, he was the he was the weed guy, and uh, he had great weed too. But he didn't have OG or anything like that. He had great weed. He had the train wax and the Northern Lights and the White Widows. Yeah, he had all that. (laughs) He actually had this one plug that I wish we still had the strain. It was called Grade A. Was this the name of the stream? Was grade, grade A. Yeah. Okay. And the shit was literally, you would open the bag and it would just, it would be stuck to the bag. You would peel the bag. I miss those days, dude. You know, like it was just like that. It was, it was fire. Like I love the art and I love the creativity of brands today, but it's like they focus more on like what's on the bag than what's in the bag. And back in the day, it was like, 
it was what's in the bag because you would just get sandwich bags, little Ziploc bags. You go to the head shop, buy those little uh, dub bags with if you got clubs or hearts or diamond, whatever, dude. But it was what's in the bag. Yeah. And like I missed that opening it up. It stuck to the weed. You pull it out. It's all sticking together. Yeah. Freshness. Exactly. That was what it was. It was like. It was basically weed like that was coming from somewhere very close by and, and it was getting eaten up and sold quickly. So you would get those fresh batches and, and so he had good weed and we'd hang out and you know he had that personality like a radio personality kind of because he was the he was a DJ at the strip club at Spirit Rhino. Right. And so he had all So the up next got the white widow on uh, that. <laughs> yeah, up next is Lexus and yeah. and uh Cindy or somebody. You know, so he had all the he had all the, the, the girls from the club. Right. He had that party scene and I just got to kinda ride along with him for that, you know. You're like, I got the weed too, baby, you, let's just run be, it. Just be the sidekick to his crazy life. And then I'd go home to my quiet life and stay at the grow and, and hide in the cave for a few months and come out again every once in a while and that's just how I've always been. Is like when you like how when you see me, like you see me every once in a while, right? Yeah, you just yeah, you lay low too. You chill. You ain't yeah. out and yeah. Just know that when you don't see me, it's because I'm working on the next strain, the next something. So. And that's something I, I I learned about is you're very passionate about like finding the next best, growing with new flavors. But before I get into that, because that's like yeah. still current, I want to know how you first like because you you're in the valley, right? Your your parents have a deli shop. Yep. What like is it? What deli? It was called Country Hills Catering. It was on Chatsworth and Zelza. Okay. Right in Granada Hills. North Valley. Yeah, I was there for like 17 years, and then <coughs> my dad had a heart attack. I'm kind of sick. Yeah. And that's I, rough. Yeah, there was like a total role reversal at that point. It was like I was growing Kush, and literally I started. I've got the plant. I when I got gifted the clones. You were already smoking and everything back then. I was already smoking, but when I got gifted the clones, it was like that's when I learned. I knew how to, I knew I needed to learn how to grow immediately, because what I was given was so powerful. Yeah, I already knew what it was. Yeah, I ain't wasting this shit. No, I was like, I'm not gonna drop this opportunity or, or miss this, and it changed my whole life. It gave me the ability to take care of my parents and um, learn patience. Yeah, how yeah. to take care of something. But yeah, but it, <laughs> but it literally started though, like. When I got those clones, like I brought them to my dad's office above his catering business on Chatsworth Street. I had no idea how to grow. I had to root those clones for the first time up there. In this and there was no like internet. There were no forums in like the late 1900s. Would you do books? Would you go to library? The hydro store and the community <laughs> of smokers where you're like, yo, who do you know who's growing? And because I was in tomatoes. Humboldt. Yeah, the hydro <laughs> store is old tomato conversation. For sure. But like. Being that I wasn't humbled, I did get to talk to some growers up there and know a few people I could talk to. But um, basically it was like, hey, this is the, the rooting gel to root the clones. Keep the lights on like this for these hours. Don't let it get too hot. Don't let it get too cold. This is the pH meter for the water. And that was like kind of like my first instructions. It's from, like the basics. Yeah, from my boy over the phone. Like, just do this and it should work. And I was like, okay, cool. And then from there it was just... I developed like this whole recipe that a lot of people use in the valley for OG. What? That, that original A and B with SM90, Dynagrow, Monster Bloom. That was like your recipe. Yeah, like I put that recipe together with you know two or three other guys like Matt and my partner Cam. And because it was working so well, the guys at the hydro store would be like, you'd, I'd walk in and I'd hear them be like, "Oh, this is what the guys that are doing the best are, are using." And just tell they just tell them our whole. You know, lineup 
they they were using the foods, but like they weren't using them properly the way we would. So they still wouldn't get the same outcome. Like the proportions. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. At the right times. Too. Right. Just because you have the recipe, don't mean you can cook it, dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ain't everybody have? Not everyone's a chef, bro. <laughs> no doubt. We're all playing with the same salt and pepper. And, yeah. And the building blocks are the same, but like how you use that. Yeah. Shit. How heavy's that hand? Yeah. How heavy's that hand? So um, so before you got into growing, before you were gifted this clone you had to have been smoking weed right oh yeah it's like fifth grade yeah since or, when like fifth grade fifth grade yeah. what is that like 12 11 12 like 10 13 ish okay yeah 13 bar mitzvah i was gonna say like bar mitzvah's age yeah because that's like, what in the valley that's what i feel like like if you're in the valley and you're growing up by the time you're bar mitzvah you're like all right let's my, my sister and my mom both smoked i just didn't know it so, They're old. Your sister's older. Yeah, she's like seven years older. Okay. Well, of she course was, she is. You're fucking, fucking thirteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. My sister's badass, bro. Six years old, she was crushing it. That's awesome, dude. That's yeah. awesome. So they were already smoking, and you didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. I, was, I grew up in the like that full blown drug program. Where, there, hell you know, yeah. Where they were like, "This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs." Hell yeah. Like, drug abuse resistance education, dude. I was a graduate of that shit. <laughs> I told you it was, you know, they, they, did, they did their job, you know, because I was like, up until the point I, for a minute, I thought for sure, like, they were gonna, when I found out they were smoking weed, I was totally, like, wrecked. I was like, oh, you guys are gonna die. You're gonna kill yourself with this. Yeah. I had no idea that weed is, like, the most, like, harmless kind of, uh, you know, substance. Like, you're more likely to die off of alcohol. Right. Or, or pills or fucking. Or pills or seriously, or just walking off of the curb. Or looking, bad diet. Yeah, looking at your phone, walking down the street, yeah. just getting hit by something. <laughs> or just living in LA now, just fucking. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> eating LA at a restaurant. Dude, it's, it's really got to like. I remember seeing these movies. Uh, I'd be growing up, and it'd be like you'd hear like the, you'd see the guy driving in the car, listening to the radio, and they'd be trying to paint the story of how bad the times were. They'd be like talking about like, you know, bombings here or like sickness and famine and political yeah. things and like I'm listening to the radio on the work today and I'm like this sounds just like the shit out of the like movie. the post-apocalyptic like yeah. Gotham City uh-huh. <laughs> bro literally if you drive through LA like and put on the soundtrack to Gotham City it's Gotham <laughs> <laughs> dude, it I- is dude if you put on the soundtrack to that shit yeah. and, and drive down through downtown LA it's- and you see this like miles and streets after street of this homeless like it's crazy. I also say it's also LA feels like a GTA server where it's like every server is different and like everyone will be doing their regular life. Like there's people walking down the street eating at a restaurant. And there's some crazy person that comes in your server, drives reckless, runs into a car, a restaurant, shoots a bunch of people, oh. robs them and then drives away. And then they start a police chase and then there's like three stars. And you got, I'm like, bro, this is LA for real. <laughs> like this and, is. <laughs> and, and everybody, as soon as the guy who's swinging the knife or whatever happened at the, at the scene is gone. Everybody's just back to eating. Like back normal. to normal. Like, just like out of the game. You it's know? Like, like a simulation, like reset, bro. Reset, you know, back to Like, this. oh, that was crazy. Okay, uh-huh, let's yeah. get back to Can our normal my, life. Can I get that Coke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is my truffle fries ready? <laughs> is my meal free now because I experienced that shit? Uh-uh. Yeah, it's crazy living in LA, dude. All right, so so you were 
like third you said 13 years old you smoked with your was it your sister and your mom that you got high with first or was it no i stole their weed <laughs> so after <laughs> being there thinking they're gonna die and totally. you're so evil you're like i'm gonna take their weed and smoke it yeah i went with my other buddies uh, that were in like in, in hanging out at the house with me like I, I took some of their weed and i was like let's try and like go smoke and uh we we couldn't quite get the lighter to work right it was because we lived in like acton which is like between the san Fernando valley and santa uh, clarita yeah right above santa clarita yeah right, like on the way up the 14th so i grew up in the in granada hills right but um rewind a little bit right before we uh before i moved to the desert up there i uh hit my head in a skateboard accident oh no it's like Cracked my skull and my parents were like, we're moving out of the city, blah, blah, blah. Just cracked the skull, no TBI? Uh, no, like a traumatic brain injury or is just no like cracked skull? Brain okay. just, I, but just I a young know. kid in the late 1900s. I mean, we did. I cracked my head too. Like, yeah, yeah. It's short coma. Right. Short coma. Oh, no. That's, yeah, okay. <laughs> For a few days, short oh, coma. Oh, shit. That's serious. But, uh, but I cracked my skull pretty good. And my, when I woke up and I got out of the hospital, my parents were like, oh, we moved to Acton. You know, so I grew up right on Reseda in Devonshire. What? Like right next to the Northridge Park and the Pepper Tree and yeah, the, yeah. the Northridge baseball fields and the McDonald's right there. Like, yeah, dude. I was I was out there, uh 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 like Woodley and Chatsworth and then Reseda uh-huh. and Rinaldi. In like preteen years, like the nineteen hundreds, and then like yep. teenage years I moved like South Valley, like the you know, the more Jew area, like the Tarzana and Sino shit. Yeah, yeah, no, we love the valley, dude. I mean, I'm born and raised here. It's, it's. Everyone tries to talk shit. I'm like, yeah, but all you guys are moving here from your home state. So what yeah, does that yeah. say? If it's so shitty, why are y'all here? Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of opportunity. That's the beauty. It was like, if you whatever you want to try to get into, it can you, happen here. Yeah, as long as you get off the couch and get out of your house and just start talking to people and like, well, you you need to get off that couch because it's expensive as fucking LA. Yeah, seriously, like, <laughs> there's only one guaranteed guaranteed outcome when you sit on the couch. It's just nothing. Yeah, nothing. So here, so you're in acting. Um, you you smoke weed with your friend first, or you you smoke your sister's and mom weed first? I take the weed from my my sister, my mom's stash, and I stole their like, cheap like graphics bong, like okay, it was, like, plastic. I remember, yeah, with the metal bowl and it had like, like blue or purple. Or... It had a crack in it, and they had like drip candle wax <laughs> no. down the whole oh, side of it God. to try to seal it. You know? oh, like, so that was like the first weed experience, right? Was trying to smoke out of that thing, and it was it was. We were trying to like make it work and we weren't really getting it to work. So it didn't really work the first time. But then um, the second time I, I tried to smoke, I, I took my uh, my mom's, like she had this little like wood teak pipe or something like that. And I took a little weed from her shit that she had. And I tried to go outside and smoke with my buddy Kirk. And my dad was home and I thought he was asleep though. It was like, oh my, he's, we're gonna sneak outside, you know? And of course we get caught, like, <laughs> you know? Like, and he's like, Oh, you're too young for this, blah, blah, blah. Was your dad smoking? No, my dad wasn't really okay. smoking. And then, uh, so he was but he like, wasn't mad. He was just like, you're too young. Just yeah, not yet. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't really tripping, but he was... His My dad was... His voice is very intimidating, very rough and rough okay. type. So even if he asked you to, like, just... In a nice way, it still sounded like he was like, like can you please pass the jelly? It's no, like it's he was You're like, just, okay, sorry. Yeah, no, he, his voice, I don't want to impersonate him because he passed away, but I mean like his he was like, you know, intense. Okay. So you always were on like 
Oh, am I, am I, are we good? Are we yeah. <laughs> like, even when we're like, like the tone, every, right? Yeah, you know, like you don't, you only knew he was really, you were good unless he was laughing and smiling and we were on vacation. Like, <laughs> we were on vacation because <laughs> catering business is tough man you know? oh, i feel it dude i mean especially when you're dealing with a bunch of hungry people at events dude like hangry people are the worst like, i can't i was thinking about that like being in the restaurant industry or the food industry yeah. like when someone's hungry and they're you're like waiting on them they just it's, you're like why are you mad at me bro like i'm trying to help you right now it's a whole nother level when you do it in a private why are you laughing kentra because the way you explained it was funny because <laughs> i have a friend that does that he's all he needs like a snickers or something like that he's one of those guys uh-huh. he's like, i need a break fuck these fools yeah. <laughs> but, but the level of pressure is even higher when someone's paying you thousands of dollars right. for this party at this very unique time and they want this wedding and everything to be time perfect at a restaurant, you could just walk out and go to the next spot. Right. But like when you're, you know, so the, the, the pressure was high always. And I, I never really understood it because I was just always stoned. I mean, like, yeah, let's, let's just get it done. You helped them, right? You were always working at the shop. Like, you know. It was like slicing up meat and getting the pickles. And... It's a straight stereotype. Like from when I was as young as I could count, I was sitting there counting napkins and forks and putting like stuff together, like wrapping bagels and muffins. For, Life for, skills. Yeah, like when I was seven, eight years right. old. And then I, my whole goal was to be old enough to work on the slicing machine. You know, it was like, so. I want to slice the meat. Oh, yeah, dude, the big <laughs> the big chunks of roast beef and being able to, like, yeah, like that was like, oh my God, look at this huge metal, you know, blade. As a kid, things like that, big knives, all that kind of stuff. As a kid, I still, bro, I watched like ASMR cooking videos of <laughs> just fucking the slow process and how they just cut the meat, break the eggs open, whip the shit up. Like, it's just so relaxing and, and just satisfying to watch. Yeah, because you're like, you're sitting there thinking like, oh, wait, they might be making that for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> but then you realize, you're like, no, they're not. I'm just hungry. <laughs> oh, it does fuck up your appetite, dude. Yeah. Like, so- what's in the fridge? So you, here you are, 13, um, stealing weed from your parents, uh, smoking with the homies, um, not really getting high, trying yeah. to figure it out, but you keep, why, why do you keep trying to do it? Like, why is it? Uh, I don't know why I was, So I guess I was just really curious about it. You like, was it like you looked up to your mom and sister and you're like, if they're doing it, there has to be something good. Like, why yeah, do they do it? I don't think it was anything from them because I didn't want them to know. Okay. But eventually I was with my sister and her boyfriend, and that's when I actually really got stoned the first time. They like taught you how to do it. Yeah, they're like he, like my sister's boyfriend pulled out his double chamber graphics bong <laughs> with the, the two hoses that lead up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and they packed a nice fat bowl, and like he lit the lighter and was like, "Okay, this is you know pull the smoke up, and then pull the thing, and then like." And then you're like, Ooh. yeah, you take a real rip and you almost throw up. Yeah, you know, coughing for a minute. Yeah, you don't not inhale smoke at all, and and then I was like giggly like a you know that was it I was like, oh shit i really like this and weed for me was you got the giggles yeah immediately one cheese and gi- i think i probably ate six grilled cheeses that day <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like every 15 minutes another grilled cheese or something you know Yo, we've all been there we've all been till there till you feel sick you know like you're like no nah, i don't want a grilled cheese for like two years now <laughs> So when was when so when you really got high with your sister? This is like your dad already told you you shouldn't do it right now, yeah. and then you after that you you're like I'm still gonna get high, dad. And your, your sister, you're chilling with your sister, and did they say that she was she like yo you want to get high or were you like yo can I try it? 
yeah, I was like, I want to try it. Um, because I just knew that they were just hiding it. I was hanging out with them for the weekend. And you smelt that shit. And I, yeah, I was like, oh, no, I want to try that. And, like, my cousin Eric, he was living in the valley with me. And we would, you know, skateboard everywhere. And so I think it's just in that community of, like, skateboarders that were all around us, like, everybody was a stoner at that point. And I just was kind of catching up. You know, they were, they were like, my cousin already smoked before. They were, they were all older. No, like they were just more advanced. <laughs> <laughs> you were in the deli slicing meat. They all in the streets getting fucking high. Yeah, yeah. But I would be like, I just got paid 20 bucks so I could buy a 20 sack of good weed from like, you know, working for right. four or five hours. My dad would pay me five bucks an hour. You know, I worked for like two hours before school, before high school. And then I would work right after high school. And, you know, I would just stack up money. Like, I remember I say, I think by like, my senior year, I had saved up like a few thousand dollars. Like, that I had this little, like, you know, when you, you go to the head shop and they have those little wood boxes and shit, you know, that you'd hide your shit in. Yeah, yeah, the little stash boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, hide all my money in there, just <laughs> saving it up forever, and like, until I bought my first pound. And then I was buying more weed, you know, because that was, that was the, the route, you know, you just, you wanted to smoke more weed, so you needed to buy now, weed to, to sell some so you could have enough to smoke them. Bro, I, I, I feel like we lived like these similar lives in the valley, dude. Like I was a s- skateboarding in the valley, smoke weed with the homies, uh, ended up, you know, started buying the eighth, the eighth sell three grams to the friends, and then the eighth turns into the ounce, turns into the motherfucking pound, and then you're meeting the fucking growers. You ended up going to Humboldt, probably meeting them directly. Yeah. And then you're like, oh shit, let me figure this shit out. Got some. Pro- Did you visit any farms while you were in Humboldt, or were you just Not like. Not as many as I like to. I kind of got treated as like an outcast. You like, <laughs> they're like, fuck this kid from LA. Yeah. You're, you're the kid from LA, and you live in the dorms, and everybody's like, Oh, he could be a narc. It could be like, you know, that, I mean? that was like, huge. So it took a long time to kind of earn the trust of a few people that were local that were like, you know, you realize like, yeah, you go home on the, you know, for the holidays and stuff. These people live there. So if, right. if you fuck up their scene, it's their whole situation's messed up. You know, They're like, you're coming to my town, bro. You better chill. And I went on some of them dirt roads for some of those drives. Go for get, miles. You know, and you're just like, man, I hope we'll get to come back home. Yeah, am I getting murdered right now? Yeah, you're, you're heading out to the forest with a backpack full of cash. Sometimes yeah. they blindfold you so they don't know where you're, they're taking you. You're like, yo, am I really, is this really what I'm doing now? They oh. didn't do the blindfold because they don't need to. You know, they're like, you're never going to be able to figure it out anyway. Yeah. It's like pouring rain. Foggy, oh yeah, the conditions are yeah yeah. You can barely see out in fucking front of you, and and then they're taking you on a, a journey for like you know. Seems like fucking a lifetime. Yeah, you, you're you're up in you know Arcata or whatever it is near the college, and you know, and then they're like, yeah, we got to drive down to Willits. Like, Ooh, okay, that's like two three hours south and <laughs> into the Triangle, and then you're just you know and lost. So, yeah, you don't know. You're just <laughs> taking the journey. Put your trust in. Whoever's there with their good weed that they showed you. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's chasing good weed. It's it's just crazy how like different cannabis was and like the culture in the like late nineteen hundreds, early two thousands to where it is now, like in just twenty years, dude. In just twenty years, I mean, and you're like in the heart of it. I know you're out here MSO, like you're in other doing other states and branding it and got facilities and packaging. How did that? 
all start because here you are a kid figuring out how to smoke weed finally gets high with the sister uh you like all of a sudden what you just developed a passion for cannabis like because you were in the yeah. dare program you're like fuck weed and now all of a sudden like it's your life what when did that happen what was um, what did you want to be growing up was it gonna be a fucking were you like i'm gonna be in the deli my whole life no i didn't want to be in the deli um actually i always wanted to do something creative like be a musician but i didn't think at that age i don't know i didn't have the focus or the talent like did you play any instruments yeah i played guitar and piano and I got better at that as I got older, but like other friends of mine just had raw talent. Right. You know, and you're like, okay, well maybe that's not it. But, you know, maybe at that age too, I didn't realize how much uh, practice it would really take to develop that skill, like to get it to where it was. It was right. Know, a lot of patience and a lot of, uh, you know, willpower to keep fighting that. So it, I didn't get to, you know, getting really serious about music until like, you know, like 2005 2007 around there like it actually started to make music and having a studio but going back to the you know the transition of, of, of weed and just being the, the passion it was like once I smoked good weed I was like oh shit this is just so good it was like I was just that was all I cared about was like good weed just chasing good weed and um, that's what led me to humble that's what led me to just chasing strains like from you know, driving hundreds of miles anywhere that I heard like a good, like a story about some great ass strain to be like, let's go. You're like, why are we sitting here? Can you, can we go right now? Like make the call. Like, oh, and then you get the call. Like, oh, it's, it's hanging. It's, it's drying. It, or it's, it's curing right now. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be ready in two, three weeks. Yeah. Just sit around and wait two, three weeks. And then it'll be like calling every day. Like, should we come? Should we come? Like, you know, like I wanted to see the best, the best always. And um, really just when I got given Kush, though, it kind of just, it just dwarfed everything. Like, there was great strains, don't get me wrong, dude. Like, Chocolate Tide, G13, you know, all these great strains, Kush Bubba, but OG Kush just put everything to shame when it was. I mean, once you try, like, a real OG, like, you understand how how great, it's like just a great overall uh, just plant. The it's just it's just perfect. it's just hard to grow it's real finicky and a lot of growers that started coming into the space were just trying to come in for money so they were growing the whatever yielded more like you know no hate to blue dream i know blue dream made a shitload of people money it also introduced <laughs> a lot of people to weed it was a great sweet <laughs> cool strain dude and uh, that was a big one, but then, you know, PGR started becoming a thing, and everyone just started growing yeah. these big, bulbous, like, fucked up nugs, and everyone started getting off on these, like, arm nugs, and I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't really, like, I, like look, I want to give a shout out to all the growers, first of all, but Brett, everybody out there, one plant, ten plants, a thousand plants, indoor, outdoor, greenhouse, in your closet, attic, warehouses, at whatever, dude, like, I appreciate y'all, because without you guys, Without the growers, none of us will be out here doing whatever we're doing, be it uh, consuming it. I mean, everyone consumes it, but whatever occupation they have within the space, it wouldn't be non-existent without the growers. So I appreciate the growers. Shout out to y'all. But there's some growers out there that are just fucking not right. Yes. Yeah, it's, like <laughs> it's just like restaurants. Like how many hundreds of thousands of restaurants exist, but how many ones do you really want to eat at? It's very, very similar. Like yes. food and 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 weed you consume them it's just one is through your lungs one is through, through your stomach right right so 
but the taste buds the experience of how you feel from food or weed is so like you know it's it's it, that's why i think that i gravitated so much too because i was already a foodie and then when i started to smoke good weed like have these unique flavors i was like Wow, like there's crazy flavors in weed that I didn't know existed. Like, yeah, you like we didn't know about terpenes. I mean, it's all new. The more uh, you know, the more common cannabis becomes in society, the more we get to learn about, it, the more people study it. So, like you at a younger age understood the differences between the different plants, and you could taste it because some people just smoke weed and they're like, "Oh, it just tastes like weed. It's weed." But some of us have a finer palate and can like tell the difference between you know a sweeter, gassy, floral cakey dessert whatever creamy terpene profile the plant has yeah when you i swear the group that i was in i was lucky like all these kids were all skateboard kids all their older brothers what was your best trick uh the 180 kickflip Ooh, that's like the the like inside yeah you you, uh kickflip and the board flips or you flip with it uh no the board flips 180 and and flips yeah kickflip 180 yeah yeah hell yeah could you do it now I think I could. Oh, I was with I was with Nick Tucker when he came down to Argro like two okay. years ago, and I pulled my skateboard out of the trunk, and he's like, "What can you do?" And I was like, "Well, nothing like you, Nick, because <laughs> Nick is yeah, he can like fucking three sixty flip over a fucking car." Yeah, he's he, <laughs> he is the Mountain Dew commercial. He was those guys yeah. in those Mountain Dew commercials. So, uh, but yeah, so he's like, uh, "Let me see it." So I'm like, "Okay." And I, I nailed it, but as soon as I landed, the board shot out front of me, and I landed right on my oh. <laughs> ass. And, and they've got it on tape because he filmed it and then sent it to me. So it's funny. you know. That's the first thing you did? You didn't even like ollie or like kickflip or warm up? You just went straight for the fucking goose Yeah, dump. yeah, yeah. Wow, dude. Well, I still skate every once in a while. Right. Though, like. Well, like, I'm a kick pusher. Like, I'm a traveler, but like... You know, as I get older, I just don't want to risk injury. Like, yep, that fall, that yeah. little pebble, that little pebble said you fly and break your wrist just real quickly. Bro, break, sprain it, and then all of a sudden I'm fucking don't have a wrist on, and I'm just like trying to work, hose, whatever. Can't even roll the joint right now. <laughs> so it's like that wrist is like I don't get paid to skate. I like to do it, but I can't risk yeah, like yeah. getting those stupid injuries. Yeah, no doubt. Like uh, I have fun doing it just because like trying to teach my kids how to do it my daughters and like yeah so i'm like okay we just you know i got them the skateboard wheels with the big wheels you know not the big long boards it's still like a it's like a board that i would have had in, before they came up with the, the double end, right the symmetrical board right you know, it's like, like the like the toys r us boards yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like the pre-kit boards. yeah yeah the safe ones yeah they're fun to ride though like just cruise up and down the street yeah, get them active now. All right, my bad. So let's get. So you were lucky. You were hanging out with some skaters in the valley, and they were all kind of like connoisseurs. Yeah, and all their, all of them had like good plugs. Like, like all of them, all their like older brothers or uncles or someone in their family had like a plug where it was like, okay, through this kid Chris over here, we could get this this purple skunk, right, or purple haze or whatever it was. It was really good from Silmar. Get the plug out there. And then, like, my other buddy had the plug in Canoga Park from, like, the biker crew guys, like, the Hells Angels groups. And they would have this bomb-ass indoor as well. You weren't scared getting that from the... Oh, I felt solid, <laughs> dude. I was like, where was this? The, we, 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 the Hells Angels OG? Well, they didn't have OG back then. It was like, you know, they didn't get OG till later. So it was until we all proliferated it after 98, you know, and really passed it around. But, like... Before that, in like, you know, 94, 93, you know, 95, 96, like those years of high school and going to Granada, like 
all those years of skateboarding around, like every one of us had like a different good good plug. Like my sister and her boyfriend had the best amazing plug for chocolate tie. Like real chocolate tie tastes like Hershey's. Like, and that's when I realized, like, okay, these guys over here got some crazy ass good, like, purple skunk. These guys got some stuff they just call Indo. Like, <laughs> not indoor, just Indo. Not the Outdo, the Indo. It was just called Indo. <laughs> it was amazing eights that were, like, super bomb. Uh, and what was your preferred way of smoking back then? Were you, like, bonging it we or rolling? Because we were, you know, we were still, like, every little morsel was right. consumed, so it was bomb. Right. You know, maybe pipe bowls out of convenience if you're in the car. And if you were really going to be like, yo, we, we're all going crazy, we'll roll a big fat joint. Right. Everybody chips in on a big joint. But I remember most, those days. Yeah, for the most part, it's, it's bongos in your boy's, like, you know, van, like, you know. V- Savoring every bus. little crumb. Totally. Yeah. Like, yeah, you break out a, a gram, everybody put in, like, a few bucks, and you're trying to break each bong load into, like, even piles yeah. so that everybody gets the same size bong. Little snappers. Yeah. Or you or you just corner it. Dude, stir some greens, bro. Don't toast the whole board. Don't toast the whole bowl, dude. Yeah, we, we could do that with just you and one other person, but yeah. you can't do that with, with like a group. A four guys. And, a, and like some people are just, they don't know how to hit the ball lightly. They're just like power lung type snap anything. Yeah, yeah it's like, it's like, I'll pack it twice as big if you could snap it. You're like, All okay. Right. And yeah. then they'd snap it. And you're like, I Fuck. Just, you win. Yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a boy who uh, said he could snap an eighth. Yeah. Like bullshit, and I was already whatever, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I was doing my little selling, whatever, way back then. So I was like, "Fuck it, bro, here." And I, I had this like huge ass down stem. It was like a big bowl packer, and I packed the eighth, and this fool just like, just fucking chiefed it, torched it red, glowing. Like, remember we used to go hot back uh-huh. then? It was just like the, the flame smoke. would erupt from the fucking bowl, and he was just like, it was so thick, it was like yellow. Uh-huh. You know how it would just build up, and it was just like so you couldn't even see it. And the fool just like. Hit that shit like nothing. I was like, you are not human, bro. Like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. It's like the gravity bong days, too, where you see someone, someone loves that big gravity bong, and you're like, yeah. that looks really thick, dude. And just death, you know? Like, I could never handle that shit. My lungs would be dying. Like, no, I was. I would enjoy it. I didn't need... I mean, yeah. there were those times where I would overconsume whatever, you know, for the yeah. old social media days, but, like... Now that shit's like, let me just enjoy it. Yeah. People put time and money in it and hard work. And I see you over here with a bunch of jars. I know I just got some of that um, Picasso Gak. Yeah, this is that Picasso Gak. So how did this? How did this all happen, dude? So you're just growing up in the valley. You started smoking weed. You started. You grew a passion for it. Then you, you know, got a clone. Yeah. You got gifted it. So I was buying weed and flipping weed, so I could have enough to smoke. And then um, when I got introduced to that OG cut or that OG Kush, and was like, I'd have to go to the, the uh, up to the bay to go get it. This, it was Josh D's cut, but his buddy uh, Ian was this really, really great grower that, that was the one that was actually growing the OG cut. And I didn't know anybody in down in LA who had it. Uh, it was just in the bay at the time. And uh, I would go up there and I'd buy it from him and I'd just buy everything he had. And so I was, there wasn't enough. So his whole little crew was getting mad. <laughs> they needed more. Yeah. He was like, you know, you, you know, uh, you got to learn how to grow it because like you've come and cleared out everything like two, three times in a row and all my guys can't even get an ounce. And right. Kind of like they want to get personal head stash. And 
Like demand is too high, dog. We need to increase the supply, and you're the man to make it happen. So let's go. So There's I, opportunity. I didn't know how to grow at that time, and he was like, "Here, like my buddy who hooked me up with him, this guy Mike, was like, hey, can we get the cut? And you know, so that was like, it, it sounded like either was like, uh, you, you know, this is the last time we're gonna sell it to you, or like, you know, or you know, you need to learn how to grow. You know what I mean? Like, He's like, fuck that. I ain't losing this shit. Yeah, it was just too good. It was like, it was life-changing weed. It was like, so good. So, um, it was just the best strain that ever was. It changed my whole life. It changed a lot of people's lives. It, it put, like, food on the table for a lot of people. Um, and then just, like, that chasing of how to learn how to grow that strain, like, you just, you learn how to become a good grower over time. And then, start breeding new shit over time and like I saw the whole market open up for legal in Colorado right like it was like then I was like oh shit it's gonna happen here too and you start to see all those like the sessions pop up and I was always wanted the brands you know I always wanted a brand you know like I was somebody who was really like focused on uh Brand awareness. Yeah, not, not just like consistency and quality of my own brand at that time because the way that to be successful in the game was to to be like, my shit is so consistent. It's great every time. Every jar you ever got like was A1 and right. never a, like a... No bullshit. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, people were saying you got the bread. Like they weren't yeah. even asking for weed. They're like, is that the bread? You got the bread. Yeah. And I mean, it even got you to meet people like what well, you were in the studio with like... Exhibit, Be Real... Dr. Dre, 1999 uh, exhibit brought me into kind of that whole scene. And after that, it was like, you know, I was just around a lot of hip hop people. So that when they were making Chronic 2001, I was bringing jars of OG Kush over to the studio and they were making the incredible music off of the, that, that weed. The vibe, you know, was, was always like, they would always talk about it. Be like, we have to have more of this weed, otherwise the vibe is just dead. Like it was, and, and I would say for a lot of West Coast rappers, like good OG has been like this motivational weed, right? That really brings out a lot of their best creativity. I like, feel like a lot of rappers can't handle the OG though, too, because it's so I strong. West, I said West Coast. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> said, Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. I, I said you did. You did. You did. I you was know, just the the Nipsies of the world. Yeah, like, yeah. The West Coast rappers. That's a good way to clarify it, because you know a lot of these rappers. Um, you know they can't handle the OG, and then yeah, you yeah. see them smoke it, and they can't. They they kind of like cough all wet, like the spit cough, and you're like, yo, chill, and then they just like, no, dude, where's that purple punch? And you're like, no, bro, no, we don't smoke purple punch out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, the, yeah, so the OG was that strain. I mean, we still talk about it. I love it. Um, it's in my top one. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even a top three. It's a top one for me. Yeah, it's still. Especially a good OG, you know, a good classic 818 uh, SFV uh, Tahoe. I mean, you know, in the like the early 2000s, they started coming out. Everyone had their own little cuts. It was of, all the same cup. It's just everybody. Like, every, like if you grew it in Tahoe, it's Tahoe. If fucking you got yeah. it from Larry, it was Larry. If it was in the Valley, it was a SFV. So what's funny is the guy that gave me the cut in, in the Bay, he also had same exact cut that he grew in Tahoe and he was known for the Tahoe OG as well it was the same guy, same guy. yeah and uh, it just the OG just wherever you grow it is very like climate uh, driven so like everywhere you grow it grows a little bit differently even when I had like you know three four different grow spots that I had like I was growing OG the same exact recipe everywhere 
still have these variations. This OG is very climate temperamental. Like, you can have this. That's why yeah. you end up with Skywalker and Jedi and Yoda, Yoda and, and yeah, you know, <laughs> Harris OG and hardcore OG. Yeah, and Larry OG and Lindsay Lohan OG and Obama OG and fucking uh-huh. Sheen, Charlie Sheen OG. I remember when every headline fucking person had an OG. <laughs> I think hardcore was its own cut though. Actually, hardcore. I don't think it's OG though. It's not. I think it's. I think it's a cross of it though. Yeah, it's. it's I'm. I'm. I missed the uh, yeah. classic hardcore days, but yeah, uh, those those were like good hash too. Like yeah. Those days of that shatter had a really good flavor. Listen, I'm not, I'm not mad at BHO. It's just got to be good BHO. That's not yeah. just all CRC or like just trim BHO. Like, you know, like people used to grow rooms for BHO. Now people grow rooms for rosin. Like, I get it. I understand. But like, no, BHO's not bad. It's a bad rap. But yeah, no, when done properly, it's it, amazing. I feel like it got a lot of terps in BHO too, dude. Bro, I like we built like I we sell BHO and I love our BHO. Like. And I've had guys that are super snobby about the, the raws and this, and I'm like, yo, just try it. They're like, yo, that is really clean. Like, what if you did, like, a blind dab test, and you don't tell people if it's rosin or BHO, and you just like, yo, just try this. Just let me know what you think of it, flavor-wise. Mm-hmm. Just with that room. It's going to come room. down to that batch. You know what I mean? It's Terps. Gonna, it's all going to come down to that batch. Like, like our OZK... When uh, our guy would do it, Noah, back in the day, like he would, he would make some of the best like OZK diamonds and turps with that. It was like incredible. And then now I we wash the OZK, and the solventless is incredible. But side by side though, I'm like, I almost feel like I would sometimes want that BHO one because that dude, that's the <laughs> sauce, the, the, like a nice little like tic tac size perfect gem. It is like a really good clarity THCA gem with a really good like terp like OZK around it like that where it, it's the raw you know no CRC and yeah it's a little darker but it's just like been in the oven like slowly purging for yeah curing for two months like curing and purging for like two months till it's perfect like that's how we used to do it we used to, I'd literally we would run a, a, a concert we'd run the harvest we'd cut it down for frozen and by the time we got the batch back, the next harvest was done again. It would literally be like waiting two months for to for have it come back to have it be good, you know, and have it be like fine cured. Yeah, like really cured turps and fire. Yeah, I remember we were doing those uh, hash competitions, uh, you know, like ten, eight, ten years ago, and it was like head-to-head competitions between. And it was just like was just huge dabs, bro. Like, <laughs> well, besides the huge dabs, just like the the concentrates that were going and you know, based on looks, people would pick one over the other and then when they dab it, they're like, yo, this one's way better than that one. The way yeah. like so it was you never knew what would happen, what would win, but usually like that butter consistency or that whipped consistency was mm-hmm. always a, a favorite. I feel like those are always easier to dab to and handle. Yeah. The whipped the whips, dude. All right, so here you are, dude. Everyone's asking for the bread. It became a fucking word around town. That means it's good weed. Like, I want that quality. So when did, like, Wonder Brett, when did you become, like, we're going to just brand us, dude. We're going to create a fucking line. Once kind of Colorado kind of went legal, right, then, like, some people were, like, you know, reaching out saying, hey, we'd like you to come grow out there, come visit. I toured the spot. I saw what everything was happening. I was like, oh, these guys are going to, like, you know, sharpen their tools, build these brands, and then come with this money to California. And I was like, I just want to be in California. Right. So coming back to Cali, like, and seeing, like, 
it was the beginning of you started to see like uh, I'd say vape and edibles were the first I think you started to see some sort of packaging with branding on it and there was nothing in flour it was like just all these like pill bottles still with the, the brown plastic pill bottles with the you know yeah 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 the, the plastic eighth and quarter jars with the plastic tops the um, i forgot what they were called but yeah we used to order those the, the yeah, caps the, yeah 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 like the green bottle with yeah the cap or the yeah bring bring 20 top. back in you get 10 percent off your next buy and all that <laughs> so i was i was always about that consistency and like the shop started to pop up with the, the medical shops and i was like okay let's let's sell our weed to these shops and you know, they would just rename the weed, and uh, it was driving me crazy. They were renaming the weed all the time. You know, like this shop, <laughs> this shop would call it this, and this shop would call it that. Well, listen, man. Look, if I'm in, if I'm bud tending, because you know I was bud tending back yeah. then, and I had like a motherfucking a blue dream on the shelf. We'll just think with blue dream. Look, no hate against blue dream. It's just a commentary. Look, I had blue dream on the shelf. I sat there for like a week, and no one looked at it anymore. Take that shit off the shelf. Wait like a day or two, <laughs> then I would just call it like a fucking uh, 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 blueberry haze. Mm-hmm. Put it back on the shelf as a blueberry haze. People are like, oh, what's that? I'm like, oh, the blueberry haze is delicious. Blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, oh, for sure, boom, gone. Well, I hate to say it, but you gave me all the motivation to start the brand. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> but it's the same thing. Like a blue dream is basically a super silver haze with blueberries. So I didn't really change it. I just switched no, no, the name I, up. Listen, I get the hustle. Like, <laughs> it has to happen. Like everybody's got to get their. their bills paid and run these shops but like i was trying to build like you know this was a you know this style of kush and right. we're branding this yeah year. like because i was used to already kind of being branded in the, the studio world or like the you know entertainment space so right i was get like that packaging right yeah i was like i was like okay let's let's put it in a jar and then let's <laughs> put it let's put it in a box so the glass jars don't break that was literally the reason for the box right like Mylar bags really weren't a thing, even at the, at the time it right. all yet. Like, and uh, so it was like, okay, let's make the box look nice. You know, Apple inspired, Coca Cola inspired for the consistency and the colors, and and I think it's just that's how it just evolved. Like, because we, it would drive me crazy, right? I would, I'm such a, a weak dude. I would go to all these shops, right? I'd go to Buds and Roses, or I would go to. What's the other spot that's like on my trail boulevard? Weed. Yeah, um, the weed. I go to all these spots. Uh, strain. Uh, yeah, I go to all these shops <laughs> right. around the valley, right? I'll go. You know, all the three letter shops. Yeah, there was all these, <laughs> these, these shops on like the Santa. THCs and the CBDs and the HHCs and the fucking totally. CCRs and the TLMDs and the. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I, I would hit all these shops up and I'd be like trying to find like oh who's got good cookies or who's got good OG or this and that right. trying to find some other flavors because I was just I you know grown OG for so long I, I just wanted more flavors and see what was out there in the market and so you'd get a good batch of like say Candyland from like Buds and Roses right and then you'd go to like they'd be out of it and then you'd go somewhere else and they'd, they'd say they had Candyland and then you're you like you're going like Wheat Tracker yeah, or whatever, you know, yeah. Back in the day. Weed Maps was like a new thing when that popped up. <laughs> yeah, well, you know? yeah, it was Weed Tracker was like the first, like, dispensary uh-huh. login with forums and chat rooms. And then I remember Weed Maps started coming out, and then everyone said Weed Tracker was full of narcs. So yeah. everyone stopped Weed Tracker and went on Weed Maps. And, you know, Weed Maps is what it is today, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, they run the game pretty pretty 
So you were just like valley sh- just shop hopping. Yep. Basically. And I, would, and I would sometimes I would get burned because I'm like I'd spend two, three hundred bucks trying to get like this strain, but then you'd get food gazy because like it would be renamed, it wouldn't be the one. Right. Right. So you'd just be like, fuck. So like that's where I really was in like I want the brand to have a solid like a seal on it where it can't be re you know, renamed and right. it's like repackaged. Yeah, and it's it's on me. Like it's not on you, the store. You know what I mean? To like to sell it that way, right? It's like it's it's on my reputation. It's like if I put something bad inside the jar or the box with our with our brand, then it's like it reflects bad on me. It's not on the shop because at that point the shop was like they were really running the game. Like they were just taking uh, you know open turkey bags and just putting it in the bottles and packaging themselves and then. Rolling all their own pre rolls, and so it was like if you bought weed, you felt like if you bought it in that pill bottle, it came from the shop, and you'd be mad at the shop if it was fucked up, right? But if, if it comes from a brand, it's like it's on the brand, so it's like you know, right? So you were just taking it, you're like, you because know, I get it, I get it, like you know, if you go to a restaurant and your order gets fucked up, sometimes it's not the waiter, it's the fucking chef. Yeah. So you gotta like don't yell at the waiter, <laughs> and you come in here. You're like, yo, I don't want you guys. Let, let's just put it on the brand. Let's start putting recognition on this shit. And I remember like the first time I saw your boxes, uh, uh, with the little you open it, little foldouts, and then um, I think like a pink Picasso was uh was one of them. You had like a pineapple, pineapple, pink Picasso, the lemon, the orange. Uh, the blueberry we had the OZK we sounds had like an amazing smoothie yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, that was what it was it came like very like like after okay so we had OG and we had cookies in the menu like we got gas and potency and then you started hearing from a lot of people like hey man a lot of people are asking for like sativas you know so then all of a sudden you're like well I got this great lemon strain and this great strawberry strain and you start pulling out those strains and you start to just very logically the evolution becomes like we need different color boxes to so that people aren't confused by all this. So that was just the natural evolution. It wasn't like in the inception was like, hey, we're gonna build this brand with all this color. It just became immediately uh, apparent that that was the direction we. So it just or- organically happened. There was like uh, with the way the the logo is with the colors i know you guys are real cool with the and the fruits with the the melting fruits and all that that was just happened organically you guys didn't have like creative board meetings like all right what's gonna be our look how are we gonna make this happen it was just the the pineapple logo was the first drip logo right the the first branding of it was just the the name that says wonder bread with this type of very uh classy font type right and then like a black box with like it was like a white writing or some shit it was a, it was a, actually it was a white box with silver writing. Okay. And then the next boxes were black and then red okay, and yeah, yeah, yellow yeah. and all that for the new genetics. So um, the first genetic that I bred and created for the brand was the pineapple OG. So um, which I love I, to get as smalls by the way because you know I roll it all up. Uh, so you know don't sleep on the smalls guys. Uh, you know the smalls are always a good a good purchase. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. Save your money if you, if you need to save it, you know. Um, and stretch that shit out because we always want more weed to smoke. Yeah. So, um, the pineapple, so you released that? Yeah, when I went to go make that logo with this artist, I was like, yo, I want the pineapple to be like ripping open and dripping. And uh, he started to draw it, started to draw it to the drip. I was like, oh, wait, no, 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 just leave it like that. I was like, fuck what I was thinking in my head. I'm like, this looks 
this looks different. Like the way these lines are with this, the way these drip. The stripping, right. So that was the first stumble into that the pineapple logo with the drip like that. And then it was just like, okay, here comes the next train, the strawberry with the drip. And then, you know, we just kept carrying that into every logo. Like, it just, like that's going to be our template. Like we're going to fill out and make an offering of all these different, really unique fruit uh, profiles. Like, so it became the goal to be like, let's go find what we think is the the best orange profile and then put that out. And then let's go find- Out here phenol hunting. Yeah, just let's go find the best blueberry profile and put that out and then banana. And so everything that you see, like whether it's honey banana- Yeah, I've never or, seen honey banana. I was telling you in flower form, I've always seen the hash of honey bananas. And I'm like, yo, how come I don't ever see this in weed, dude? It's. It's out of control, and you got these uh, bananas. The logo is basically a banana cut open with honeycombs inside, and it's dripping. Yeah, the honey dripping out of the honey. Yeah. Oh, it's, it smells super sweet. Yeah, and I'm, that's what I'm smoking right now. It's very banana, delicious, like, sweet turpin. Yeah. It's just, it's just like the concentrate. And that's what I'm like when I, all you see is this honey banana and concentrate for two years, right? And I was like. Where's the flower? Dude? Where's the flower? <laughs> and, and I was just lucky enough to be. Uh, at this place, at this at this high times event where they're selling lots of seeds, and that's when I would go to like the Emerald Cup and all these things to buy seeds. And Elemental Seeds was there, and they were selling uh, honey banana there. I was on the hunt for like different banana terps at that time. I was like, Yo, I want a really good banana. I want a good banana OG. I want a good. I yeah, bought. I remember when banana OG was all over the market, like fucking decade plus ago, dude. Everyone wanted that bug. Yep. So, <laughs> so I was I was looking for that, and uh, so I bought like different banana uh, seed packs from different people. And my buddy Kirk stumbled upon Elemental Seeds, and he was like, "Oh, let's buy this one. It's it's called uh, Honey Banana." And you look at the genetics, and it's Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> Honey Boo Boo crossed with strawberry <laughs> banana. And we were like, well, fuck, that sounds fucking just like so stupid. Let's buy it. Yeah. You know, like, and I sat on that seed pack for like eight, nine years until Honey Banana actually really became popular in the hash world. And I was like, I think I have those seeds. Yeah. When when I saw the hash, I was like, what is the genetic on this? And my guy was like, Honey Boo Boo. I was like, Honey Boo Boo, I have that. I have that shot. So I went and so I dug it through my bag. I found the seeds. We did our own pheno hunt on it. This is our cut of it. And uh, it's good. I mean, fucking, it's a little bit different than the other one, but it's, it's tons of banana. It's a really good washer, but you can actually finally smoke it. And Hell yeah. Form and see what the shit looks like. Instead of just scratching your head being like, does this strain really exist? Or are some are somebody just out here like putting two strains together with, with a banana OG and calling it honey. Right. In, like, the, in the rosin. Yeah, like a mix yeah, before they know, press it. Yeah, yeah. That happens all the time, which is great. In the rosin world, sometimes those mixes are like better than the building blocks on their own. Bro, I remember when people were putting fruit in their tubes. When oh my like, God, yeah. <laughs> do you remember that? I do remember that. That was back in the like loud pack days the 215 days yeah like i remember like i don't think i'm not saying loud pack did that but i know it was when they were at their height stuff like that was happening listen in the, in the market there were a couple of brands out there um 
and they were like you know promoting fruit as like their shit and yeah i think they would put with naturally fruit in, uh infused or something and then people started questioning it and they realized they started putting like fruit peels or fruit pulp uh-huh. in the weed when they would blast it with bh remember this is like the tube days when everyone was making a BHO out of tubes and they would just like put weed with fucking fruit in there. Orange peels or banana peels yeah, or whatever. Strawberries. Yeah. Uh yeah. That was, was crazy to me. I was like, yo, I can't I'm like, I'm the purist. I wanna find like the the actual <laughs> It happens. It's regular. We're real smokers, dude. How many how many pairs of pants do you have with like oil stains and like yeah. ash marks and shit? Dude? I don't even care. It's, it's it's part of my wardrobe, dude. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that that shit happened. I mean, those days were real. Like those hot, hot, red hot. Hell oh, yeah, let's go. Red means go, dude. dude. I'm I'm just hoping I didn't like kill myself. Well, we'll see what road. happens. We're gonna be that. <laughs> we're that generation that they're gonna um that's gonna feel all the effects of like you no know, massive consumption like daily for 20, 30 years. Of all the shit we've smoked back in the day. I know we smoked moldy weed, uh, PM weed, shit with like PGR and shit. Like, you know, before we were educated, we were uh, all consuming that. Um, you know, people are eating all sorts of edibles, not knowing what they're putting in their stomachs because you never seen these kitchens. You don't know what product they're using. You know, weed gets mold. People cook with mold. You're eating that shit. Like, <laughs> so that's a, why I like. This is, that's, that's the thing. That's why I like the idea of a legal market. Right? Yes, there's pros and cons. A hundred percent. Safe, tested, legal access. I don't like all the testing for the numbers aspect because listen, when you bought weed ever, like even when I, all these jars. Like, this is my personal shit. There's no numbers on these jars. You open it up, you smell it. This is some bomb. Like, I want to smoke it. It don't matter what the numbers are. It's personal preference. Right? Like, these numbers are so irrelevant. But, um... Yeah, I would say that about the, the percentages. I'm like, it's not even... It's like when you go buy alcohol, you go into, like, BevMo and ask what's, like, the highest percentage alcohol. No, you go and you buy what you like. Yeah, but I've never been to the butcher shop and be like, does that steak have 29 grams of protein in it? <laughs> I'm like, like, it's just a fresh, good-looking piece of meat. I want that, you know? Or, or how, how many, uh, you know... What's that percentage of fat? Yeah, like, in that in, the, in this orange, like, how many, you know, vitamins, milligrams of vitamin C's in this orange? Yeah. Like, no, it just looks like a good orange. Use your senses and, and you know, lead, let your nose and your taste buds lead you to the right shit. And, and then let those tests confirm what you already know on your own. What is good? Yeah. Let that tell you what, in some scientific way, that what's good for you. Yeah. Like, hey, this is this is the thing that you gravitate to. Like, all these genetics have all these types of profiles, like based upon the commonality of, of how these tests came out. But like, don't let these tests dictate your shit. Like, the only thing that makes any sense on that level is like, if on an extraction level or something, where you're like, yeah, I'm trying to get 25% yield extraction every time. Like. Maybe there's a correlation between that THC number from that pound and, you know, something's right. testing Juicing it. Right, juicing it, yeah. 15% versus 25%. Like, maybe the yields affect that. As far as consuming it as basing on percentages, fucking bullshit. And I wouldn't look into it. Yeah, like, the only that makes sense, actually. Uh, just for even more clarity, like, the only place that milligrams make sense for THC is in edibles. Like, edibles make sense. Like, flour, though, that shit doesn't really make any sense to me. An eighth of weed is an eighth of weed. You know? Um, but in edibles, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And you gotta know, because I wanna know 
what percentage my edibles are. I want to know how many milligrams is in that shit because I ain't trying to eat a thousand milligrams if I'm just trying to chill and enjoy it, dude. I, let me like get your like, heart explode if you eat a thousand. <laughs> That's what yeah. it feels like when edible when you overdo edibles. It's like you feel like let it be over. Just let let this be. This isn't fun now. And then the 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 weed over the hangover the next day that weed over you just groggy and heavy and it shit's still digesting in your liver and you're like fuck will it end is it gonna end dude nah <laughs> I've overdone it on edibles a few times where uh, this is gonna be the greatest idea we're gonna go to this concert like I'm gonna put an ounce of keef into this brownie mix Oof. and like literally just be like trying to find the car for two hours at the end of the concert <laughs> like, like we just got to get to the car so we can sleep in the car and then get home later somehow <laughs> yeah fuck animals <laughs> i mean if you enjoy them shout out to you but i can't handle them i'd rather just yeah. sit there and smoke a blunt because this is my comfort right here are you a joint smoker is that your favorite way to consume yeah i'd say in public joints when i'm at home like it's too much weed like I'll maybe I'll smoke a joint by myself every once in a while at home, but I'd probably just I'm just like smoking off of like a really good glass pipe, from a good glass blower. You got like a heady? Do you have like a heady glass collection? Uh, for like Sherlock pipes, yeah. Like I'll go to these events and stuff like that, like Ego Clash or right. Emerald and Clash. you look for Sher well, no one looks for Sherlock, so you probably get like good picks, dude. Yeah, I'm looking for that really unique colorways and good Sherlocks and. You know, you have a few different ones. You're just constantly cleaning them, you know, like there's, so there's always a clean one. Right. A pipe, a great, good glass pipe is great when it's clean. A glass pipe, you know, you can smoke out of it for like, you know, maybe like a, a quarter or, or maybe a half ounce through it or something like that. And then you really got to clean it. Right. It's just become. And they're easy, dude. Just a little yeah. alcohol bag, a little alcohol, a little, little yeah. salt if you want. Boom, bam. Yeah, you just put it in a Ziploc bag, shake that shit up for 30 seconds. Boom, boom. Run some hot water through it, and you've got you know, everything. Brand new. Exactly. What? All right, so look. Everyone's been looking for the bread. You start like, yeah, we're branding this shit. Fuck all this bullshit. But the shops, I want to fucking know. I want people to know it's our weed. So you brand it. Now you're in all these shops. You're in California. And then you guys decide to get a fucking storefront. Okay, so... There was a whole lot in that like little capsulation there. So like getting into all those stores, way uphill battle. Like I'm walking into stores that never seen packaging. First of all, I've never seen sealed packaging where they can't see the weed either. So because like, you're going from 215 to like, man, I'm going, I'm going. This is during 215 days. Yeah, still. this is all 215 still. I'm trying to build the brand at that point, right? Because I'm just seeing like the future of like this is all going to be, you know at some point branded products and this is and dispensaries at this time have it's like deli style it's a uh, big jars they just show the product and you order by yeah. the way it's like you want a gram an eighth a quarter and Arnold's and they just weigh it in front of you you're coming in with pre-weighed ace jars in a box sealed you can't see the weed yeah and like I had shop owners be like, "How do I even know there's weed in there?" I'm like, "Yo, this is my <laughs> reputation. Like you, if, you, if you sell this, like, it's on me, and there's nothing in there." So I'm like, "Here, open up five of them. Like, here, I'll give you five. Pick any five you want randomly. Open them. You know, just to show them that there's weed in every fucking box. Right. I'm trying to build my reputation in this space. So it was uphill battle. Like, getting in the shops was tough. I really got the breakthrough in in delivery. Like companies like Speedweed." That were around the Gino. valley yeah those guys right and those guys uh because the people were ordering delivery blindly they didn't know what was coming anyway so the second that they started to get this 
box with a glass jar in it. They're like, oh shit, there's the weeds in here. Like, it's dope. Yeah, they were, they were, it just crushed it on the delivery side. And that's when it kind of made a wave real quick. And then a bunch of shops were like, oh, we'll carry you. And then guys from like Weed Maps and stuff like that took kind of notice and plugged me with the guys from Showgirl. Yes. And Showgirl had like five shops. And yeah. All of a sudden I was in their five shops. And then it just kind of snowballed. And then I maxed out like at about 25 shops. We didn't have enough canopy. We only had like 20, 30 lights. We were that we were running, we built the whole brand off about 20 30 lights at one yeah. so everybody always thought it was much bigger like that we were this you know fancy or you know rich group with fancy packaging or whatever but it was really just a grind off of that till we got to 2018 right and then 64 yeah then came recreational we got into like a real grow that had like 200 lights Got a facility. Yeah, and then we went from that facility a year later to the Long Beach facility, which is the, the 22,000 square foot canopy, which is like a totally different animal. Like 22,000? Yeah, square foot canopy. So for Bloom, it's like, that. that's that's where like you, where all the, the years of learning and preparation really paid off because it was like... You're able to be, build your dream factory. I didn't get to, the thing is, so I didn't get to build it and design it. But I got to go in there and try to make it work. And that's what we did is like, you know, there's, I can say that there's probably better built grows. You know, our grow is really nice, but like at the time it was built, like that was the equipment and era. Okay. Yeah. To to go back and like redesign the air conditioning systems now, it costs millions of dollars. Right. Right. Where there's better air conditioners. Right. The tech has improved now for this market. Totally. A whole lot. Yeah. Because now it's legal in most states and people are investing in technology for the culture yeah and now we're four years into rec in california where like they really is an industry of people that support that type of equipment now like everything else is just repurposed stuff right for cannabis now there's like actual stuff that's being built and designed for cannabis. how many plants are in a twenty-two thousand uh square foot facility and basically every day it's about thirty thousand plants. Yeah, so it's it's thirty six rooms with about three hundred and sixty plants in each room. So much. And, and then that's that's just the bloom spaces, and you take down four harvests a week. And I'm glad that like I would have that experience to to run that place and do all that. Now it's, an, a, it's kind of a new group in there running it that have been educated in all our processes, and I can kind of focus more on the brand and breeding and pheno hunting and instead of having to worry about daily operations you know what i mean and that's kind of how we have to grow the brand in michigan or in arizona and other states we have to focus on quality control and sops and genetics and yeah so the quality keeps coming out the same consistency yeah like i want it to be like coca-cola like right now that's what it is when you get our weed, it's very consistent every time you get from strain to strain, from batch to batch. If you go to Michigan, it's the same quality. Our team out there, my partner Cam, putting in lots of work, making sure that it shit really comes out the same as it would be out here. The same thing we're going to do in Arizona when we launch the beginning of next year in Arizona. Listen, shout out to the team, dude. Uh, that's a lot of plants. It's a lot of work. Uh, I, y'all are out here killing. Look, I don't have the patience to sit in there. Look, I've helped grows. I've yeah. been in rooms. I've assisted, but it's a lot of work, dude. And, and chilling indoors uh, all day and handling these things is yeah. just, I, I'd go crazy with my brain and my the way I am. So anyone who has the patience to do that and are a part of it, I appreciate y'all because 
I love getting high, so keep growing the weed so I can keep smoking it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I did for 20 plus years, you know, is just... I would smoke weed, be in the grill working, and I'd be basically done with my day normally around like two o'clock and then go hang out with all my friends from that point. Like, you know, so it was. Bro, I'm so, I'm so shocked. Like, we, like, back in the late 1900s, early thousands, like, there wasn't like a random house party or fucking uh, uh, just event that we were just chilling at some house where everyone was smoking weed. Cause I'd go to these little, like, you know, yeah. houses where there'd be edibles and people showing off all their weed and smoking it was like a little you know growers there just sharing finos and you're like damn what, what I am was, i doing right now what is life i was uh, <laughs> i'm just a little delicate dude from the valley just out here <laughs> you, you said you live where you said off of woodley and what uh like yeah pre-teen years i was like the north valley dude like granada hills the north Virginia yeah. dude yeah I, yeah yeah i went to like porter okay yeah yeah, so my brother I, went to Kennedy. Yep, yep. I, so I was always around that area. Like, I'm, I'm sure we must have ran yeah. each other at the Smart Finals. Something, dude. Been on the you, like, you know little league baseball right? team. Like we played against each other on the field or something. I, <laughs> they had it too. No, dude. But so um, here you are. You got this quest. facility, dude. You're growing it, and now you just got supply. You're like, let's let's yeah let's headquarters let's shop it up yeah that's what it is it's like feed the brand feed a few other brands out there because the facility is too big for just my brand to take all of that right so you got to feed a few other brands and um and And collab you collabed with uh with uh with my music with my music twin dude you know (laughs) what i'm saying that's so funny too and it is kind of true, like uh, <laughs> that collab with Russ. You guys do kind of look alike uh, in certain ways, I, dude. At least like twice a day, dude. It happens. People are like they're hesitant to ask me, dude, and they're like, like, hey, no, they're like you look like Russ. I was like, no, nah, he looks like me, bro. I'm older. <laughs> I'm a little. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, that was that was a cool collab, and um, you know, you out here just collabing and, and white labeling which is always yeah. great yeah you gotta feed the business a little bit you know just that side of things um doing the clubs are fun like did the club with bj with sublime did the one with uh be real and then russ and um clubs are are fun man like they're they're tricky though you know like lot of expectations it's it's hard in this market like (laughs) by the time you plan a collab and then you go to put it out like the market's so different right like it takes six months to to really execute unless you just really just all you did was just rename something and put some packaging out within three weeks like i got an idea let's put it out in three weeks all right well you can move quick that way but it's not like yeah authentic and legitimate like and that's just kind of we take our time and try to really Create. Yeah, do Because I that. feel like you love that. You love, because, I mean, what jars do you have with you right here? You got. Okay, so. This, this was the honey banana. I just yeah. smoked the um, Picasso Gak, and the pink Picasso is one of the. What made you, uh, you just wanted to get the Picasso out there, and you just, uh, yeah, fucked just, it, and let's get it with some other, with some other yeah, ladies. Like, because, because Picasso was such an iconic strain in the popularity for us, like, actually like globally like people like from Europe and London and Spain and Australia always are like all about the pink Picasso they like fly out here land and come to our shop and and uh and get it and it's it's been like that for a few years even before we had the shop like people were all about pink Picasso so just giving people a bunch of crosses of pink Picasso just seems like 
kind of inevitable little like lane to go down and I wanted to personally do it too like be like what is this next like you know this melon Picasso because that's kind of what Picasso GAC is like Gak is the G13 cross with AK47. Ooh, so, I love that. Was just some strings I haven't heard in a minute, dude. Yeah, so you cross that with Pink <laughs> Picasso. AK47. <laughs> you know those those that's just melon. It's like really like melon high chew candy yeah. terps with that Pink Picasso depth and champagne and, and other sweetness, right? And yeah, that's a that was this that jar there for the Picasso Gak. Literally and the cool. artwork is just crazy, dude. Like, yeah, we we like to to try to keep it like really unique that style, like and, and keep evolving and refining it with those logos. But today, like, so just recently we just did another Fino hunt, and so these are just coming out. Like, Picasso Gak and the Honey Banana are coming out. Uh, Picasso Gak will be at our store actually this weekend. Ooh, so I already got that shit. Holiday yeah. special, dude. Give thanks, baby. Uh-huh. And then the Honey Banana comes out in two weeks after that. So, okay. So there's there's a bunch of like every Friday there's another drop right coming. So, um, but we just did this Fino hunt of like all these OZK crosses with cherry cookies. And so I I got, I got like you know 30, 40 you know Finos of it. I was testing all of them, smoking, them, going through one after another after another. And I came across this one uh, just like two nights ago, and it's so special. It basically just tastes like cherry cola, like literally cherry. Like like if I poured you a, a cup of cherry Coke, it it's lots of Z terps, right? But the finish is just cherry. So you, this this isn't this isn't gonna be out for a few more months. But um, you gotta you gotta roll one of those. I want to hear what you think about that. I'm gonna roll one of these, and then I'll. I, your face looks like you really want to try it. So give him a nug just so he can put it in his pipe. Dude, it really tastes like cherry cola. Like I was like, it, it smells. I can. It smells like. Uh, I can see what you're saying with the cherry cola. And the, no, the nose isn't like smack you in the face no. like some of our other shit. Like this honey banana is banana. Like in that Casso Gak really has that crazy melon on it. But this has this little hint of cherry when you smell it, but when you taste it, you're like, no, 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 this is, this is uh, very special. Like as soon as I identified it, I was like, I went to the grow that very next morning. I was like, where's that Fino? Let's make sure it's all tied up perfect. And um, it's, this one is just really special. You gotta, all right, I'll, I'll roll up a little one. Yeah, you got to do it. I'll roll up a little one. You want one for your, uh, your pipe there? See him hitting Boom. the helix. Yeah. <laughs> and then, okay, while we roll this up, what uh, I see, what else we got over here? You got. So this one is the the blueberry perp uh, crossed with a Wi-Fi OG, and this one's like a really good another like iteration of another blueberry strain. Um, so we had that original Beyond Blueberry, then the blueberry perp, and now this one is just like a really like blueberry cream cheese like yeah. blueberry you know cheesecake pie or something let's say a little creamy it's sweet sweet cream yes yeah, it's, it's another beautiful smoke yeah i love i love that strain i smoked that strain for about like three weeks straight and uh that was a really good fino of it and then just literally like two days ago this cherry cola though this cherry just, cola bro this cherry cola is I like the. Um, I can't wait to have this one hit the market because it's a new turp. Yeah, I it's like. It's like when, when you hit a new turp, you're like, oh, that's a new turp. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I like how uh, 
it's mostly green weed, dude. Yeah, like I don't really that that purple craze. No, I love it, dude. It's, like it's all good, you know. But I mean, I'm like I just only care about flavor and high. Preach it, baby. Like Preach purple, it. purple does does not doesn't really do it, you know. Like it's cool for pictures and social media, and if you yeah. want to look cool and get like that that type of thing, yeah, cool. Take pictures, but I'm trying to like get high and enjoy my flavors, not just yeah. Like I'll breed listen, because of it. It's such a re- relevant thing. I won't say that I didn't breed the last year every one of my crazy terps into like a purple monster that basically would be like, okay, here's all the terps, but now it's purple. Yeah. You know, so now would I mean, you have to it. do what the market wants sometimes, yeah. you know? I get it. I totally get it. But I'm glad that like people are starting to understand and get educated on the plant and people are starting to get more familiar because, you know, back then it was just whatever they heard in the rap song or whatever their mm-hmm. homie said, which was who was also very uneducated about. Let me say pre-educated. I don't want to say uneducated because, you know, a lot of people didn't have the knowledge or the access to it because, you know, there was like random books out there of people that were talking about growing it, but not really much like the consumption and the effects of how it is. You know, I was very fortunate to meet the late, great Jack Her- uh, Hare, uh, who, you know, when I was a younger, a younger dude and he, you know, was preaching the benefits of cannabis and hemp. And also, you know, mushrooms and shit. But uh, so, you know, I was very fortunate to get educated on the benefits of this plant at a younger age. And, um, you know, always was open about my consumption, was never ashamed of it, wanted to, like, normalize the uh, public's perception of cannabis, dude, because a stereotype where we were lazy, we were unmotivated, we just were druggies, we sat on the couch all day whatever the fucking stereotype was but like you know from your story you out here you know going to school working at the deli smoking weed trying to grow some best weed out here on the hunt for phenos like you were active you weren't out here just like oh i'm just gonna get whatever comes to me you were out here searching for you had a passion you chased it now you turned that passion into a like a lifestyle you were out here with a facility in long beach you were in stores. I mean, you know, we dealt with the whole transition from uh, traditional market to the recreational market. Did you have any issues with like? I mean, uh, it's 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 a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie. That transition, you know, from from all of those phases. Like, I feel like at any one point in time, it was it was always a really close call. Like from like moving out of this grow house right before it was about to get raided like you know just being lucky enough to kind of know that it was time was up and it was time to shut down and get out you know and literally like you know uh the place was empty we just left the the windows up so they could just see right in and you know sure enough they were there with you know their badges around their neck hanging like looking through the window like oh shit okay so we we had some close calls, right? And then the last grow I was in, and was that just like regular? Like was that law enforcement? Like uh, was it? I don't know exactly who they were, but we just kind of got lucky because um, my buddy was came home in the middle of the day and just saw these guys kind of poking around at the, the electrical panel and stuff. Like, Ooh. like you know normally when you someone's reading your meter like it's just one guy it's not two or three mm-hmm. so, like, they have like a dwp or a gas thing on yeah, their vest or something yeah shit. something so, so it was like you know he, we just felt like okay it's it's done so 
um, you know, it was, that was a close one. And then at the last, like, you know, uh, place we had, right as we were going from medical to rec, like the, the power line to the to the grill we had, um, we cooked the, the line, like the whole line just turned white. Oh my god! And I guess because it was a three-phase power, the way that the electrician had hooked it up, they had overloaded one leg of the power because of the way that the panel was split and stuff like that. And it ran like that for like five years with no issues. But literally, like we were moving out December thirty-first, the end of two thousand seventeen, because two thousand eighteen was yeah, that legal. Yeah, we dealt with that. We led. We dealt with that with the sesh, bro. Yeah, we had to be like, all right, what are we doing now with the sesh, bro? Like, (laughs) yeah, it was a chaotic time. Yeah, I mean, everyone. Yeah, we had a generator hooked up in the parking lot, trying to keep this grow going for the last like month while we were transitioning to a new place. So. Cops were driving by in the middle of the night. You could see it was yeah. just like, oh man, like you know, it was just it it's, was yeah. it was always just felt like the clock was or you know we were fortunate enough to never go too big or crazy. So I think that kept us out of trouble. And I think also um, we just had a good instinct from like when the time was up, like you gotta Right. You, gotta, you knew when to like yeah, cut sh- it. Shut it down yeah. and move and relocate. This, this landlord is way too many questions and Oof. Wanting to do too many refis, and you gotta like, oh. you know, there's times where we would. There was this one grow house we had in Port Aransas that was like, this guy, we rented from him, and real estate, real estate started to skyrocket between like 2004 and 2008, right? So this guy kept wanting to do like a, a refis and have these assessments where these like, you know, See how that kicks in after like a few seconds. No, the dry hit was good. I was already I was gonna talk about the dry hit, which uh, I took a couple dry hits of it. It was uh, real real sweet. I see what you're saying with the cherry cola. It's on uh, the finish type it's, of vibes. It's on the finish. Like after you blow out after a few seconds, all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, there's a lot of cherry right there. But at the, um, at the back of the throat, pause. But at the back, <laughs> at the back end. So it's like we did this guy. Fucked up this house, <laughs> but like to make it all look good, like we like redid the whole front lawn with like sod, like put in like white vinyl fencing around. It. The neighbors loved us. We were always making the house look nice, and so the the house value starts going up. The guys like, oh, I want to do a refi, refi to come in and do a inspection, inspections with to shut the whole place down, yeah. re- repaint everything, put in new carpets, all this shit. We, the hassle. Yeah, it, the place looked better than when he gave it to us. I swear, when he walked through, he looked at like he didn't say nothing, but he looked at like, and he knew the place was nicer than like the new carpet wasn't the same carpet. Right. He put in new carpet and painted everything, and but he couldn't say shit because it was better. Yeah, it was better, <laughs> right? And then so then like a year goes by and he does this. We reset up everything and he does it again, dude. Oh fuck that! Yeah, after like doing it twice, we're like, bro, I'm not resetting this back up, you know? <laughs> like, right. Yeah, too like, much work. Let's get it. Let's get yeah. our own spot. Damn. Lighter. Oh yeah, yeah. Got you, Ken. Yeah, yeah. Ken, smoke, dog, chill. So those are those fingers on fire, dude. Could have went either way. 
Yeah, so you were, uh, so that's that's cool, dude. Fucking, I mean, that was always an issue that people had with their landlords, you know, renting properties, warehouses. You always had, you know, nosy neighbors, nosy tenants. People Bro, like, why are these people fogged come? up windows and shit? Why, like, they why come, is yeah. all your windows all sweating in your house and yeah. everybody else's shit looks normal? Like, why you only come in at certain hours and you always have like bags in your truck? <laughs> like, totally. who, who are all these random dudes that are coming? Uh, I, I never did anything like that out of my places. But where the apartment I lived in, like, it was definitely, it was active. It was active. I definitely got many, like, notices on the door, like, you know, the the neighbors next door complaining of smell of weed constantly, like. Noise. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get those still. Fucking neighbors, yeah. Snitch ass. Yeah, my neighbors record my uh, streams and then. And then uh, send him in. Like, look, he's smoking in his apartment. Yeah, like, so what? <laughs> <laughs> it's legal, dude. Uh, so, so when did the when did the shop? So when you had the facility in Long Beach, you guys like we need a we need a HQ. Let's let's create our little yeah store on La Brea Major so Boulevard. That, that happened because of social equity. I was arrested for some weed shit, and I was qualified for social equity at that point because it was like we weren't really making any money for a long time it was all just going into the business so it was like there really wasn't money being made so it was, I still qualified and uh, it, I was able to link up with the guys from Long Beach they were had the location already on La Brea we put in that application just like everybody else and we were really lucky we were one of the 100 LA social equity licenses awarded so that shop is only because of the social equity license. And so that was like, I feel like this kind of destiny giving us a, a little like, you know, hey, you guys keep going, you know, like. Fucking make it happen, dude. And then you had an amazing uh, grand opening. You poured some paint on the, yeah. get that drip vibe going on the walls. Yeah, we can only do that once. <laughs> and uh, it was, it was, I'm glad we did it. Um. They were talking about doing some like flower wall thing, and I was like, no, I'm like, just, just, just paint the wall white, put the Wonder Brett letters up there. I have an idea I want to do. And the artist, Eric, who I made all the logos with, he and I poured the paint at the same time while I kind of talked it and hosted the party for a second while we did that. Then uh, Pooh Bear performed a song, and, um, and then uh, Problem performed a song. Wow. And then, um, yeah, he performed that. <laughs> and then uh, and then Snoop pulled up. And then, what? And then Bieber pulled up. And um, The Biebs? The Biebs pulled what? up. First time you ever see Biebs ever in any dispensary. Yeah, ever. I don't think I've ever seen him with any, yeah. He, he only came to my dispensary. I felt blessed by that. Let's go. Um, so we, it was a magical situation. It was really, it was all friends and family. It was like. You know, a lot of hard work, culmination of like a lot of people putting in like years and years of sweat into this brand, like without getting, you know, real big monetary returns. Like we're still a struggling brand. Like everybody always thinks because you are in two, three hundred stores that you're making millions. There's no, there's nobody making millions in cannabis in California. Like, you know, like it, it's, you might make some money to be able to survive and grow, but even if you make that, like, Listen. It, it get, you get hit and whacked all different types of ways because there's as soon as one thing goes wrong, it's a loss. If you're it, throwing away packaging, you're throwing away oh, oh my all God. types of shit because of just like some little regulation changes, and so it's like every little win there's still just losses. But it's like it's like, 
it's always been about it's been weed for me like having this cherry cola and this blueberry and all these crazy strains is like yeah. I'm still just doing it for so I can smoke weed all day you know what I mean like and, and maybe one day like it turns into some sort of like you know weed empire or something like well look you know it all depends on the federal you out here you know you you expanding in multiple states now you know fucking making it happen got the beebs pull up <laughs> and then it's, it's crazy like sometimes I look back at it and I'm like wow that was about a, a little more than a year ago and it's a movie you know that's what I was saying it's like for all the things that could have went wrong it all kind of went right just enough to lead to where it is and it's like it was like 20 years of preparation and, and luck to get to where we are now and hard work and uh, and then it's like I'm just looking forward to the next 10 to 20 years of what it's really going to be like because my whole vision for Wonder Bread has always been like just I want to always be one of the most reputable classy brands so when I think of that I'm like the brand has to last for 100 years feel it how, how, how could it be that if it doesn't last 100 years and if you're uh, making a million dollars with any brand uh, that brand probably isn't going to be around in 6 months because I'm sure you've experienced it and I've seen it with uh, many brands popping up thinking they know the culture they just come in here and they spend six figures at an event at a a convention and they try to go all out and they're just like sourcing their product they don't even have their own product yeah and they just have these big budgets and then all of a sudden yeah they think that they can just it can just be like a splash like a big splash like we'll spend a bunch of money on this event and do all this and we'll launch this brand and all these dummies will just fall for it and work and it's just like they don't realize that stoners really aren't a bunch of dummies we're really like sophisticated smart people that are that are out here right like and and i think they always just underestimate us and that's why i think we'll win in the end because they they kind of just they don't respect us in that sense right so they gotta learn yeah these like us guys like us have been doing this for a long time like we don't quit you know like we just keep doing this like through hella high water through losses through wins highs lows whatever it is we're just about like this is what we want to do like it's a just, passion and you and like just I, happen to be recording it right now yeah and i realize <laughs> like you are out here just i mean like we're similar dude you just want to like normalize the consumption of cannabis and you know just prove the legitimacy of it and it's all been bullshit and we've all been lied to i mean being a dare student like we were just brainwashed to think drugs are bad and you know the older we get we realize that you know these plants are spiritual be it cannabis be it mushrooms now psilocybin be it i mean i know people are experimenting a lot with dmt right now and you know getting you know realizations in life and they're getting answers to things and uh uh it's just cool to uh you know be a part of it and you being a part of this culture and you know bringing art to it and see you have a passion with art and i know music we were talking about music a little bit and mixing all these things like cannabis is a is like you know a common denominator on a lot of cultures and a lot of people's lives and you know it's a great foundation to start friendships and relationships because if someone smokes and you know they get it it's like all right you get it you understand you're there yeah it's it's a bonding thing it's a commonality where we all just kind of you know you something about it where there's just a mutual respect around certain smokers and we all kind of understand that this is the type of people that you're around and like fortunately this brand has kind of allowed me to live like my whole artistic dream through this like through being creative creative with the weed with the logos 
making music, making clothing, all those things like traveling, traveling, dude. Like, and then the LRG collab, bro. To be able to do the LRG collab and rebrand their logos and have them send them to me and be like, hey, we want you to 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 With the to, to wonder breath this shit, right? And they sent me some their pandas and drafts. We like rebranded their whole shit. Did the drips coming out of their eyes and shit, and it was like done well like and i grew up buying lrg clothing Going right to the skateboard shop buying all that shit so yeah i think, yeah, I think I, we all have an lrg sweatshirt somewhere yeah you know it's, it's just cool to be able to do all this shit and um see what it really turns into over time like i really want it to be in every state i wanted limited like all i really want to sell is maybe like two three hundred pounds a month you know which is a lot but that's all i really want to sell in each state I really want it to be limited. I want it to run out. I don't want it to be where there's like, oh, this product's been on the shelf for months. Cause right. Because there's so much of it, right? Like Keep it fresh. Yeah. Limited and fresh and, and keep it small. And like, I, ha- I don't know. I'd just love to be like one day uh, have like a, a few acre farm where it's got like a little bit of outdoor, uh, a little bit of greenhouse and a, you know, like little bit of indoor and a washing lab and just right. be able to do it all on one property you walk out your door and just kind of walk that whole that whole situation like, and have like a, a yeah. full wonder Brett farm for the next hundred years like family farm have that yeah just like have that staple the band the yeah. brand recognition we out here yeah come it's, for thanksgiving we're having 50 people you know like yeah it just be able to have that whole all locally farm. sourced we got all yeah. our products in, growing on our farms dude we out here yeah that's so, cool dude that's yeah. good somewhere you know san diego santa barbara santa cruz santa Rosa. somewhere on the west coast yeah though. somewhere like that yeah <laughs> we still stayed on the west coast though yeah you know. <laughs> I'm so, used to it here. So that's so that's I was gonna say what's coming up with Wonder Bread. Like what's the what's what's in store? We got some exclusive flavors here smoking on this cherry cola. Bro, this cherry. Is it gonna be called cherry cola? Yeah, I think so. Is that allowed? I don't know. I'm gonna, figure it out, <laughs> I'm gonna spell it with like a C and a K and a U. Just spell it all. <laughs> spell, spell it French. It's gonna be cherry. It'll look like a cherry koala when I'm done. <laughs> No, that, yeah, dude. So that's cool. And um, you got other states you're working in on, right? So it's Michigan now. We've been there for about a year, and we love being out there. People really responsive. People are a lot heavy smokers out in Michigan. Yeah, we love Michigan. They smoke heavy out there, so they really like good flowers. Look, I would have never thought I'd be in Michigan ever yeah. in my life, but you know, we made me travel to Michigan, like yep. in Flint or Cleo, Michigan, wherever yeah. the cannabis cup was. So. Yep, yep. Shout out to Michigan. Yeah, it's a cool, a cool vibe out there. I'd never been there either until we, we brought the brand out there. And then now Arizona's next up on the plate. We just uh, got all our genetics out there in the into the facility. Um, we'll be launching like the first week of February next year. Right, like right at like Super Bowl, like you know, lead up right, right there. So they're having Super Bowl out there, and so are we allowed to say Super Bowl? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm performing at the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah. halftime with Beyonce. We're going to have our own <laughs> Super Bowls with new Finos and we're going to smoke it up, dude. <laughs> That's what we should do is the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down, dude. We like, can make it happen. Our own halftime show, dude. Yeah, like. we can do it live. <laughs> Real live people can tune in and watch it. Uh-huh. We have a big old, like, uh, uh, just a big smoke, dude. A big smoke sesh. Halftime smoke sesh. We'll have a musical performance. K 
Kentron on the keys. We get you on the guitar. Oh. I'll be on the flute. Good, they ain't ready for that shit. <laughs> he's a one man band over there, bro. Dude, Kentron's talent, dude. Machine. Yeah, he's like a human jukebox too. He's a he's a Michael Jackson cover band, so you got all Michael Jackson down, and then there's a bunch of like cover songs. <laughs> so. so that's so funny. My and mom, my mom, when I was a kid in the '80s, she worked for Bugle Boy, and like they had the clothing deal with, with Michael Jackson for all the zipper jumpsuits. So I had like every one of those Michael Jackson zipper suits. All my friends had all of them, bro. Like the gray and black one, the red and black one, the black and white one, bro. It was just Wait, a, out here just, moonwalking and shit. Oh my god! Just imagine me and five of my friends all wearing those zipper suits, walking up and down Reseda Boulevard, <laughs> looking though, like, like a boy band and shit. Literally <laughs> thinking we were Michael Jackson, dude, like kicking the air and fucking watching Thriller. The whole like. 20 minute movie you know what I mean and being like scared at the end and shit <laughs> you know like like it was uh I'm Reseda right there okay was, I live right there in those those blue condos so Reseda and in Devonshire okay so, so right there is, is the Northridge Park right behind my, where I live across the street was Farrell's so it was like video games and ice cream and candy Reseda and Devonshire isn't that where like uh, Shakey's and like uh, yeah yeah so we like- used to Used to always mob that shaky. Golden Hunan Chinese. Dude, the Golden Hunan was classic. Yeah, I've been there all the always, time. Yeah, Hell yeah. Used to always eat there with my family. <laughs> yeah. But be diagonal across the street, dude, it was, it was a great spot to grow up as a kid because you had the park, you had the the Pharaohs for all the games and shit. Yeah. You had the Dollar Theater, Pepper Tree Theater. Right, I watched right. Die Hard, like, I'd say at least like eight or nine times in, in the, the theater. Th- yeah. In the theater at like 10 years old because you just buy the. It was a dollar, or you pay two dollars for the date for the monthly pass. Is a month? You can watch as many movies oh as you want God. for two dollars. You're like two. what? So we would just, bro, we would cross the street, watch the movies constantly, like, and they didn't care shit because there was like five theaters. So you'd watch this one, you just walk right out, whatever. Walk in the next right. one, and the next one, and the next one. So I watched Die Hard the first time in the theater like a gang of times. That movie was so good. <laughs> and it that's was, your favorite Christmas movie? Oh man, it was. Is it considered a Christmas movie? It is, I guess. Ho, ho, ho. It's- you know? <laughs> you know? It, bro, it was, you know, uh, the baseball fields right there. Then you had the McDonald's, the Shakey's. Yeah. That liquor store, the Hoodown, all that shit. Was yeah. Like- My uncle owned that gas station on the corner. Really? Yeah. That's the, dope. The, uh, I think it was a mobile or some shit. Yeah, with the newsstand. Uh-huh. Yeah, yep, yeah. that newsstand. Yeah. Yeah, back when... They had the private section of the news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> before computers. The pornos. <laughs> the porno Maggie. When you were like 10 years old trying to like look, catch a look around the corner, like. So yeah, that funny. was, that was, I never seen the Devonshire, dude. That was it. I remember that was the big shopping center. The car wash right there. Yeah. Bro. I nah. almost died at that car, at that intersection. And the police time. station's right there, too. Yeah, because we were just <laughs> so stupid. We would just ride our bikes. Not even looking across that shit. We no, were just blast across the shit. People were just coming Cars out. Cars are screeching. Yeah. I had this guy get out of his Corvette and start chasing me. He was so pissed. <laughs> yeah. I was like, the dumbest kid ever. I'm lucky to just still be have my, my my legs. Listen, dude, we're we're chilling with Brett, with Wonder Brett. Uh <coughs> this is it's it's been an amazing show, dude. I learned yeah. so much yeah, about Brett and uh, you know, the passion for cannabis and you know, turning that into a lifelong career dude you out here talking about the next hundred years that's a great plan people have like a five-year plan a ten-year plan this was like i got a hundred year plan we're gonna make it happen for generations of my family 
Um, so that's a great dream to have, dude. And you got, you know, the 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 phenos, the strains that are coming out are good. This I'm lit. This cherry cola got me. It's yeah. sweet. That Picasso Gack was good and creamy. What what was that last year? I don't even think I see that one. So this is a jealousy cookies cut. Okay. And it's it's just a really good cut of it. Like, yeah. The jealousy that was a popular one for a minute. Yeah, it just reminds me though of like just a really good cookies that one. Though. Yeah. That looks good too. I like it. Like if you're a cookies fan from the original cookies era, like that's a good. Like, yeah, I don't remember all the cookie controversy too, like with the forum cut and the 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 fucking yeah. not in your bag cookies and then the, uh-huh. this cookies versus your Girl Scout cookies and the. <laughs> There's a lot of drama about it. It's like cookies, sherb, gelato, all of that shit runs. There's always like, in, you know, a lot of controversy about all that. So. Oh yeah, listen, dude. I we said a lot. We said a lot. I know there's we a lot to do. A we did smoke. We're real smokers. You know what I'm saying? I know people be out here doing like weed shows and they don't even have weed. I know there's conventions out here with weed in the convention and there's no weed at the convention. Like, what, what is this? It's lightweight. Shit. <laughs> this is real. I think we, we both had something burning in our hand the whole show. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's live, dude. It's regular. Just, it's a we're show, just, right? We're just, just recording, dude. I learned a lot. It's been great, bro. I've been, Ken's been vibing. I've been fucking learned. Bro, look at the, all the people. There's like 300 million people. Yeah, live streaming right, right now. Yeah, actually, there's 437, dude. They're just all. Oh, they know we're doing a podcast, so they're not really communicating. But if we shout out the chat, I'm sure they'll get all up in it right now. I know they were talking about fuck the neighbors and and all the someone smoking some weed and. Now they're all out here. Someone said they couldn't even do a podcast high. They'd be in a panic mode. People dropping some emotes and shit. Look, they're smoking with us. You know what I'm saying? They were just they were just listening to the conversation. They were like, oh, these fools are out here. That's dope. Hell yeah, dude. But what? Let me ask you something. This is like a hard question. I think I know the answer, dude. But like favorite, favorite weed, favorite strains. You just got to give it all up to OG. Yeah, I figured, dude. That's like a stupid question, dude. I just wanted to hear it because I like I like the reassurance because I feel like that's like the that's like the the best strain that anyone could yeah. like especially when it's done right it's just like the flavor the the effects the the way it breaks down the roll just everything about it when you think about it like the modern you you have all the building block genetics from before that all the you know like you have all the Thai the Afghans and all that shit right all that shit but then you have like the modern building blocks are kind of like OG Kush, Cookies, Skittles. Right. kind of gives you the gelatos, the sherbs, all these off spins, right? So it's like, when you really think about it, like OG Kush, Cookies, and Skittles kind of just gives you... What about what about the haze, dude? What about some sativa terps in there? You were talking about the... the I love all that shit too, but like, you know, <laughs> I would say the, the modern, the modern like hype strains really are really based on, on sativa. No, they're not, but yeah, you know? I don't feel like you're into hype. I feel like you're into like what you like. I just kind of keep both, right? I'm like, I can't just be so stubborn where it's like, I like snakes and sparklers. You know what I mean? Like, and so I gotta, I gotta play the game what everybody's playing with and show them that like, Hey, like we get this cut, 
we can grow it because we're growers this of, of caliber that we can grow this shit as good as anybody or maybe better and have you like our version of such and such so i like to play that game that's comp that's fun competition and then the offering of just the, the market of what the people want when, when the stores are saying oh, we need one or two more sativas i'm like let me find this really good flavors then let me find that banana let me find that blueberry or the strawberry right. let me get the best what, of that yeah because yeah, that's what i want to smoke and then i'm looking at it too like i'm hunting for those because i want that shit to concentrate i want to take dabs of all that shit and be like this is the best solventless flavors and and then just try to kind of check all these boxes off while i'm trying to while you're it's like what you're doing all of this time is just being eaten up so you got to try to capture as many things as you can while the time clocks is working against you you know i'm gonna ask you one more question i know you gotta go dude i know there's family and shit and the holidays are coming up bro but real quick yeah you're from the valley yeah you have smoke sesh where's your like sesh spot where were you going like when you were smoking weed i know that you were like were you top of topanga were you more like yeah definitely i mean you got stony point right there top of topanga that's that was always a, a spot but it was always like a the, mission. Stony Point, the the Soto. Yeah, top of Topanga oh. Canyon, it, where all the rocks are. Where okay, yeah, 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 yeah. North way. Valley. Yeah, I like, guess right before you get up to the one eighty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, so oh, that yeah. spot was dope. Smart. It was kind of a mission. Everybody would either be half like falling or jumping from rock to rock and was dying to get there. And then you'd be super faded when you got to the top. You smoke this big ass blunt. Yeah, you have to go down. And then <laughs> so it's dangerous coming down. And then you're kind of just like a target. For like the cops, they're like, oh, cause yeah, they're like, what are you guys doing? Like yeah. five or six of these guys coming down the side of this hill, all heading down to this one, you know, SUV yeah. or something, you know. So that spot was a spot, but you'd get kind of caught up there sometimes. Yeah. It was a risky. I used to call it Mountain Crag. Okay, you remember that shit from uh, Guts, Global Guts on Nickelodeon, where they were? It was like a competition game from the all around the world, and then the final thing was like Mount Crag, and it was just a. Uh, like this, it looked like yeah. Stony Point, dude, and they had to race to the top and win, dude. It was crazy. Anyways, but it, it was always like a park like that. And then, if we really wanted to go somewhere where we didn't want to get fucked with, you'd go to the beach and go to like Point Doom because you get out on that point up there yeah. and you kind of be blocked out. And that was the spot. It's a mission, though. Yeah, it's a mission. Yeah. But that was a spot where if you were like, let's all go there and sesh. Like, yeah, I remember before they fucking did Porter Ranch before it was all those houses and shit. It used Bro. to be like a little view spot. We used to go, I remember totally. 4th of July I used to go up there to see all the fireworks through the valley but there used to be smoke spots all up and down those streets and then South Valley too yeah. like top of Topanga on the South Valley another well, spot. When we would ditch Granada that's where we would go is up up into, up into those hills up at Porter Ranch because it was all housing developments you could kind of hide up in right. there and uh, you could take the creek up that way and it was like that was like when they were still filming like Karate Kid and right. E.T. and shit, you know? Like everybody would go ride their mountain bikes or the, not, they didn't have mountain bikes, but just BMX. Right, Huffies but, or whatever it yeah. was, yeah. <laughs> that, we all wanted that BMX though. Yeah, we the all The Mongoose, the, mo the Torker. The Mongoose, dude. We out here, dude, the GT. Yeah. Listen, dude, I that learned was, a lot. Yeah. I learned a lot, dude. It was fun. I just like just chilling and smoking and talking, so. It's regular, bro. It's regular, but now we're doing it with a microphone and, and cameras and music, dude, and a live audience, and we just 438 million people. Like, I'll take it, dude. Hell yeah. We out here, dude. Making it happen. Look, I don't want to Breaking records. All day. All day. Guinness World Records. They just don't recognize cannabis yet, because if they did, we would have fucking been in there multiple times. 
Yeah, just drop the Grammys and the trophies off and tell you right here. Where's where's like the craziest place weed has taken you? Like you're like, damn, I'm here right now because of weed. I would say just in the room with Dr. Dre and being able to play him like music that I made with certain artists and shit and have him listen to it and be like, okay, and then critique it and tell me what was up and then be like, okay, let me go work on that, you know? That's dope. That would I would say was probably the top because this music production is I feel like it's one of the things that I love the most. So it's like, you know, uh, people like I was on another show the other day. The guy could be in the corner. Like, he's like this or that, like Kush or Skittles, or, you know, like having me pick. pick right. Pick. And he was like Snoop or Dre, and I was like, oh man, I'm like I love Snoop, but like Dre just because the music production. Right. So it's like, well, without Snoop, there won't be a Dre. I mean, without Dre, there won't be a Snoop. Yeah, it's, that's what I meant to say. It's all <laughs> gotta have both, you know what I mean? But uh, I don't know, just like sitting down in a group with a, a bunch of guys, like a, being an artist, you're doing that on your own with the vocal. You're 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 performing, but like when you're sitting with a bunch of people, they're like, "Yo, you're playing guitar, there's drums." And like, there's this chemistry of communication of just like, you know playing this little lick on a scale then having somebody kind of respond to me I know that scale like you know like and having that conversation like and uh that part is sometimes very surprising uh like it just kind of puts a smile on your face you know someone hits you with a phrase or answers your phrase you're like okay like we're in sync right now like you know back you know and then you get a nice little response and call and answer type how'd you learn how'd you learn to play music were you just did you just pick up a guitar did you take guitar lessons so my my dad he was i wanted to play guitar because my friends were playing and it was cool they were doing like all these metallica cover songs and nirvana shit and i wanted electric guitar but my dad was like you get this mel bay chord book and this acoustic guitar if you can learn how to these all these chords and play a few of these songs then i'll get you electric guitar so i got for a few months of grinding it out on this crappy acoustic guitar that was like this piece of shit Ter- <laughs> terrible action like the kind of guitar that would break a man and not ever want to play again because the action was so high on it but right like, i was determined so he uh, saw your your dedication to yeah, it yeah yeah i was determined enough to, to get the the guitar later that year like for christmas like and i got this uh, you know telecaster with an amp and then i got to learn all the you can buy the guitar books with all the, the numbers and shit the zeros one three shit you can start playing guitar and you don't really know how to read music, but you just do tablature, they call it shit. Um, then you start sitting in a room with like people that play other instruments, and before you know it, you're like, you're just, it's happening. You're just, you're playing the chord progression. You don't even realize it, but the dude's doing the drums, and now the guy picks up the bass, and you just, it's this magic happening right in front of your eyes. Like, you know, and it's just a great emotion, a great feel. Um, and then as I got around more people in the weed game, and I was always in the recording studios, and I would just be bored sometimes, and I get to pick up guitars and fiddle. And then I was with Dr. Dre's producer, this guy Melman, and I, he liked what I was playing, and he recorded, and that was the first time I did anything musically really. And then once he was like, "Oh, you know, you should just keep practicing," he gave me enough confidence and encouragement to just go home and try, and then. Or, you know, yeah, like a year or two later, I had my own studio, my own... Let's go. Like, had my own, like, you know, recording studio going with artists I was recording. I learned all the Pro Tools shit. Drum machines, bass lines, keyboards, guitars, and and then you just, you you just keep getting around people that are better, and before you know it, you're like, 
it's if it's if, if you're really dedicated and you're putting all your time into it you just eventually kind of absorb it like other producers teach you dope shit just learn organically yeah. yeah i was around the best of the best though like you know dre's producers and Ipsy hustles producers and all these guys and b-reels producers so all of those guys were just such top-notch guys like you couldn't help but soak up some game right just learn yeah learn dude Exactly. Listen, dude. I feel like we could talk for hours, bro. I feel like we can just yeah. keep going. I got enough weed. We can keep look, going. This, look, I'm down with it. Twelve-hour marathon. I'm, I'm, I'm down, but I know we got things yeah. to do. I know I there's bet, people I, that gotta totally. go places. Ken's I don't fingers. think he can play piano for twelve hours. Dude. I mean, he can. He can. His fingers are on dude. fire, dude. We we got things to do. Look, it's been wonderful. Wonder Brett. Brett with Wonder Brett in the building. Yeah, out here yeah. from the valley 818 say it backwards baby got all sorts of flavors next time you walk into a shop dude ask for that wonder bread see what's up see if you like it you'll see it from the packaging yeah you'll spot it you'll be like oh damn that's dope can i get that on a t-shirt and you probably can yeah they're making it happen dude i appreciate you again for real for coming through and yeah, hanging out Yes, dude. Uh, everyone watching, you already know, 11.30 coming up. Real quick, it's an annual holiday where we're all inclusive. And this, uh, that 4.20 plus that 7.10 equals the 11.30. So November 30th, it's our new holiday. 11.30 is that new time. You already know, dude. It's way better. 11.30 is way better than 4.20. Who's waking up at 4.20 in the morning to smoke? Not me. Who's waking up at 7.10 to dab? Not me. Look, 11.30, I'm fucking with it, baby. Let's run the dude. So uh, I'll see you guys next week. Look. It's been great. Happy Thanksgiving. Big turkeys, dude. Are you? Do you make turkeys? Are you a... Uh... Turkey's dry, gross bird. <laughs> it really is. They're dude. dinosaurs. They're really just like not delicious. Do you do a whole Thanksgiving thing? My mom will do it. She, that's why I'm like, I'm looking forward to it. So like, because I don't really know any of that shit, but like, she's going to make all that stuff and it'll be fire. I'll enjoy it. What's your favorite, like... Cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> Cornbread's your favorite... That's the best Side. part of things. Yeah, the cornbread is like, okay, mashed potatoes, gravy, all the stuffing, that's delicious. But if somebody knows how to make good cornbread, it's almost like eating cake. You know? No, I've had really good cornbread. I like cornbread, dude. I'm just that kind of. I like the desserts, too, dude. I'm always down with the desserts on Thanksgiving. There's always all sorts of pies. There's enough room, though. You just like. That's why you start with the desserts. You eat, and then you fall asleep. And the deviled eggs. I fuck with the deviled eggs. You wake up again later, it's like, all right. Then you eat some more, then fall asleep again. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm all about the sides. I don't eat meat. I don't eat turkeys. So I'm going to be all with the mashed potatoes and the cheeses and the casseroles and the beans and the deviled eggs and the salads and the desserts and all that. Sounds good. Wonder Bread in here, award winning. Uh... Look, next time you go, just try some of the try some of the weed, bro. Oh yeah, and try the sawbones too. Just put out the new sawbones shit. We got first place in and second place in the that nothing but uh, fire, fire challenge. Yes, and so that's dropping like this next week or two at our store. So first time ever, OZK and Peach OZK uh, in sawbones form available at our store only at our store. Ooh, and the address is on La Brea, right? Yeah, three one four North La Brea. Yep. Let's go, dude. You'll see it. Uh, you'll see the logo. It's a cool looking store. Very artistic, bro. Yeah, you'll see it, dude. You'll see it. Look, I appreciate you. Someone said they never had cornbread. You tripping, dude. Yeah. How do you never have cornbread, Come dude? On. Listen, I thank you again, Brent. Look, we got uh, all sorts of flavors. We got more weed. I'll have we can have them come back anytime, dude. Uh, it's been a great conversation. This was for you. 
Stop it. That's not. That's what's for you. What do you mean, dude? You gotta have some some fresh turkey. This is for us. This is for us. <laughs> this is a um. Oh my god, dude. That's that blueberry perps crossed with the Wi-Fi OG, which would be like the new like blueberry cream cheese or blueberry cheesecake or something. It's it's really blueberry creamy good though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some more of that. Some yeah, more for the that. holidays. Happy uh, holidays, dude. Yak, the Picasso Gak, and, and the honey banana flower, dude. Oh, we out here bringing, dropping gifts, dude. Here, here's here here's some OG. I'll fire. I love some OG. Yeah, here I'll give you some OG. I wish I had a jar, but I, I don't right now. No, that's all good. But we'll make it happen, dude. Uh, shout out to Wonder Brand one more time, dude, for coming through. Oh yeah, I got it. <laughs> All right, uh, listen, uh, the, uh, appreciate all y'all listening to the podcast. We're doing the podcast, right? I forgot. We just have, I was just so involved in the conversation. I forgot we're doing a <laughs> podcast, dude. Uh, shout out to everyone listening to the podcast, wherever you're listening on any platform. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. Don't forget to check out the website, adamill.com, for uh, everything, whatever the fuck I'm doing. Got the calendars, got the merch, got uh, you know videos that got deleted on other platforms that you can see on my website. Uh, whatever, dude. It's all up there, and then I'll take you to all the other other social media platforms that are still around that aren't deleted i try to keep it up to date shout out to matt for being on top of it kentron thank you again for taking them ebony's and ivories what brett with wonder brett again appreciate you uh shout out to everyone listening uh twitch don't go anywhere we're still vibing but podcast we're out bye